Don't get too horny now. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. May your bowls burn ever brighter. Walk on. Smoke on. Mwah. So when are we smoking some weed? We have blunts here. I've never done a blunt. I do one. You mind if I do a drink? Dance and move your legs around. That's why his body fell apart. It's just the way they talk the chicks into it. The further I got into it, the more I liked it. And I'll fight you. We're stoned. Streaming value for value. And weed is an excellent combination. It's just me and my ganja. Not if you were stoned at the time. I don't think this stuff is working. That's a side effect of the marijuana poisoning. That's right, just a side effect of the marijuana poisoning coursing through your veins on a Tuesday night. Hope everybody's doing all right out there on this lovely May day, the 23rd, in which episode 246 of Bull After Bull takes place. I'm Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. And I'm Dame DeLorean. And you're here in the bowl. Which makes you a bowler. Congratulations. Welcome and welcome back. Now officially live in the Fountain app. I confirmed it myself. Woo. That's awesome. So if you are on the latest build on Android or iPhone, the beta test that's going around, uh, finally able to boost that real uh, live stream. It's lit. It's lit. Already uh, got one fix added. Oh, yes? Yes, indeed. They, uh, they were only parsing the first live item, so last week we weren't even showing up live. Is that because you had a pending tag in front of the live item or what? So the way I run the feed, uh, I always have two live items in it. One is for a bulls with buds. And since we haven't scheduled one in a while, it's just ended at the last one. So mm. it's kind of a placeholder in there for when I make another one. And then every time I schedule one and announce it, I update that live item for the next bulls with buds. So that people know it's coming around the corner. And uh, they can pre-boost if they want, and then the, it's ready to go when we actually do it for the live. It's way easier to do that than writing um, the live tag and switching it over between the two formats. Sure. For us. <clears throat> Plus, there's many times where we might have a uh, live item that is currently live, its status is live, while we have another live item that's pending. You know, if we're live on a Tuesday night, we already have... Uh, a Friday booked out, let's say, for example, for a Bulls with Buds, we want that tag in there as well. Yeah. While we're live, so people can see while we're live, there's another Bulls with Buds coming up. Hello, and who's uh, who's going to be on it and all that shit. Yeah, a pre-boost. So uh, they were only parsing the first live item that they found. They were returning just one. Uh. And so I was like, yeah, there's... I'm not sure if anybody else has multiple live items in their feed, but... 
I just explained, yeah, the spec, you know, allows for multiple live items if you want, and this is why we do it. And, you know, at any given moment, we might have two pending in there, we might have one live and one pending, and we'd like both of them to be displayed at those times, you know. Yeah, definitely. And they fixed it? Yeah, they just so- added it in there so that the parser grabs, uh, the parser looks for and grabs multiple live items if they're there. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. And now we're showing up as live. That's right. For the first time on Fountain. Yeah. And Exciting. if you don't know what Fountain is, you can find it in other newfangled podcast apps at nudepodcastapps.com. That's right. Yeah, get your nude one. Yeah, and get value enabled. Oh, what an eventful weekend. Yes. Bob's big bonfire. Yeah, it felt like his housewarming. Yeah. The housewarming that finally happened. Yeah, I it can was see that. Beautiful. Everyone showed up for him. Yeah, it was a good gathering. Huge ass fire. <laughs> oh yeah. I took a you were walking by it and I snapped a picture of you. And it kind of next to it for perspective. Cause I was taking pictures of the fire and then I realized, well, you can't really tell. Yeah, you can't tell how big it is unless there's like somebody standing next to it for reference. Yeah, I bet it was damn near 33 feet tall at some point. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's right. Oh, man. I gave a lawn chair a good send-off. I mean, of course, it got thrown into the fire eventually because it it had been there when your dad bought the house Mm -hmm. and then just beaten by weather and age. And so the thing was kind of like folded up on itself and basically on the ground, like the legs had broken and everything. But I just kept sitting in it. I sat in it until it got thrown in the fire. Lorraine just kept sitting in this broke-ass chair that was like eating her alive like a giant clamshell. Yeah, but the thing is, with my little legs, it was at the perfect place where I could just, boop, sit down. <laughs> it like, you know, the seat part was right at my knees. Mm-hmm. It was nice. Until it was gone. It looked like it was awful. <laughs> it wasn't you were bad. Rocking it. <laughs> yeah, that really got the fire going. Those uh, petroleum-based chairs and <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Really shoot the flames up. Yep. I started the fire with a road flare, which was a new move for me. Fancy. Yeah. Pop just got road flares at like Walmart or somewhere. That was fun. Yeah, uh, it looked like fun. First time I ever lit a road flare. Hey, now, we might have to write that one down. Yeah. Oh, now, now. Oh, now, now. Don't ask me to look for the list. I won't. I, I wasn't planning on I it. I haven't looked for it yet. Been That's wrapped, why I make my own list. Wrapped up in other activities such yeah, as... Yeah, like you uh, just wrapped up class, huh? Yeah. Yeah, we got through all of our material in a timely fashion. Then I was able to explain the assignment and send them on their merry way. Which is a nice Tuesday routine, I think. Jolly good. So we can start at our normal regular time. Yeah, and make a time layer out of me week after week. Well, you know, you just bake it in. Yeah. It's like at the restaurant, the maitre d' tells you it's going to be like 45 minutes and they call you up in 20 and you're not mad about it. Yeah. Real quick, I wanted to mention something about the show art tonight. Yes. The background is the table at the Ward Parkway bowling alley lanes because I love those usually boomerang pattern tables at bowling alleys. Yeah. But this one, instead of having just boomerangs, had bowling balls and bowling pins, and it was the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> so I had to snap a picture of it and use it in the background. I don't know if it shows up that well, but I was stoked. Still stoked. 
I want a table like that in the bowl. It's a, it was a great pattern for sure. <laughs> yeah, it was. I liked it a lot. So there's my fun fact of the art for the show. Beautiful. Fun fact of the intro, that's another Mechaerism intro. Hell yeah, it is. This one's called Broken Mirror, Nail in the Coffin. And I love it. This is off of the Home Sweet Home album, which, uh, man, that thing has movements. I love it. It's really fun to listen to. Yeah, it's a killer. Yeah. Um, killer album that he put out. I feel like the song echoes back to the one I used for the intro and outro last week. So you got to check it out. And when you boost, there will be a split going to make heroism for this, which is the beauty of the new podcasting 2.0 and value for value and lightning. Most definitely. All these newfangled contraptions. <laughs> We're on the new shit. That's right. I happen to be a fan. Happen to be a fan of that for sure. I'm a big fan. Although I was having some issues. Issues this week. Yeah, I issues. I, I'll save my issues for the shit saying. Okay. Oh yeah, I forgot about the issues actually. Now that you I couldn't it. believe it. I yeah. was having issues. Yeah, everybody's me. Has a- issues. <laughs> First time my note has issues. Yeah. <laughs> Must be nice two years in or whatever the fuck. Yeah, <laughs> it was good while it lasted. <laughs> uh, what else do we have happen this weekend? I had to pull my son out of the lake. Oh, yeah, that was something I feel like we knew was going to happen eventually. Yeah. And two, coming up on two, the wolf cub John will be turning two this Friday. I knew it would be so. his dumb ass to do it. Yeah, you're at Pop's house, there's a pond, and there's... A little bridge that crosses over the pond with no railings. And so our kids, our girls, are very careful when they cross the pond, or, you know, cross the bridge. And they're real dainty and such. And so they were crossing it to help Spence gather some fire for, uh, or wood for a fire that we are having the next night. We decided to cook some hot dogs. And technically it was, a, a, technically it was the same fire kept going. Okay. The same big-ass bonfire. We just kept feeding it, and it never really went out. Yeah. So you guys were crossing the pond to gather wood and sticks, and John decided he wanted to help. So he crossed the bridge for the first time, and I noted, that's dangerous, because now that he's crossed it once, he knows he can do it, and he's going to be comfortable on the bridge. He had never been on the bridge before, like unattended, without holding someone's hand. So anyways, he comes back with his sticks, and he did a great job. But sure enough, you know, we're getting ready. And he goes out on the bridge uh, with his sisters and just, you know, he's coming back. We call him back. We're like, hey, we're ready to start cooking these dogs. And then I hear our eldest screaming, John fell in the water. My baby brother's in the water. And so Spence took three steps and grabbed him and he was out in seconds. I flew over there. Yeah, it's funny because your dad had commented, gee, if I were Spence, I wouldn't be so far away from the bridge with John crossing it. You know, like he made some comment along those lines of you were kind of far away. I'd say you're about, what, six yards away I don't know. from the bridge. But you took three giant steps and were there. 10 to 15 yards, but yeah, it was. I mean, you, it, you were there in a second. Probably, yeah. Like flash. Just yeah. Bam. Next just, thing I know, I see this little green boy being pulled out of the pond. <laughs> he had ponds come all over him. See, he was. We were telling him come back because we weren't over there with him. And they're not supposed to be on the bridge without us. 
and then he was coming back, and then he just decided to be a little shit and turn back around and go back onto the bridge. And it was oh. this big turnaround motion he made that just, like, he lost his balance <laughs> and just stepped right over the edge and skagooshed. Yep. Doofus. And who was upset the most? Our eldest. Mm-hmm. John didn't care. I said, was that fun? He said, yes, no. <laughs> but I, so I figure he means it was a little fun. He did good bobbing. He kept above the water. He like when I grabbed him, his head was above the water. He was just like keeping above the water. So Yeah, that was a good sign. But Rayla was he inconsolable. A, he got a little bit of scum in the nose, no doubt. But. Yeah, definitely. She just was crying, crying. She was like, my baby brother fell in the water. I said, yeah, but you did a great job. You screamed and you let everyone know that something was wrong, even though we all had eyes on them. Right. So we would have known anyway. We all watched it happen. Like and, I was yeah. I was in route to get him. I was just walking slowly to go grab him because he wasn't, you know, listening. Yeah. And coming back. And then I just picked the pace up by a lot when he hit the, <laughs> yeah. when he hit the surface <laughs> of the water. Yeah. You were also on your phone. And obviously the phone just hit the ground when he hit the water and I had noted to your dad, I don't know how it came up, but it's just like, duh, you would drop the phone. Could you imagine being with someone who's like got to finish their phone work to save a child's life? I'm (laughs) sure they're out there though. The phone is off. Uh, But I'm sure there's phone zombies out there that would be like, okay, I'll get there in a second. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. You know, cause we were talking about how also people might, likely just pull out their cell phone and call 911 as soon as a kid hits the water. <laughs> right. Now that is where you're fucked. Yeah. I was, uh, I don't know. There's a part of me as like a Eagle Scout where I'm like, oh, all my training kicks in, you know? Yeah. You were a lifeguard too. Like ready for all that. At a pool, weren't you? Ready for all that. Yeah. A little bit. Volunteer stuff. Yeah. So yeah, you're always prepared. Yeah. That was no big deal. It was no big deal. But oh, Ray. She just had to come down, so I was like, you did great. Everything is fine. Like, no one freaked out except for her, and I think that's the best part of it and what I appreciate about our family. Yeah. We're not freaker-outers, you know, Mm -hmm. because that's what really gets kids scared and worked up and panicking is if they see adults panicking. There's no use panicking. It never helps. It always hurts. Right. So it was just like, you grab John. I brought him in for a shower. Everything was good. It's just nice to be like, see, this is why. This yeah. is why we tell you not to go over there without us. Yep. And Rayla's just like been so protective of him since then. It's cute. I think I'm like a Captain Ceiling fan now. I think you are. I've installed three ceiling fans over the last like week. It's your own fault. To 10 days or something. It's kind of my own fault, I guess. It's, not like it's, uh, it's not like it's not fun for me. It's been fun. The first one was ours in our bedroom, which this ceiling fan we got for a steal, but turns out there's no fucking chains on it, right? Yeah. It's just a remote operated only. (laughs) I didn't even know that was a thing. And the remote is like a radio signal remote. It's not infrared. So it's like a garage door clicker, essentially. The button sends out a radio signal, and I don't know what the receiver is doing up in there, but like you got to get the remote right next to the fan for it to fucking... No, you're hitting the button. It's so annoying. So, Which means for a fun-sized girl like me, I have to stand on the bed. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. Ludicrous. 
It's all right, though. It Might works as well have the great. chains. Like, you have to put your hand where the chain would be in order for the goddamn remote to work, so. <sighs> I would like the chains as backups. Exactly. I did not know that they made remote-only fans, but now I do. Do not recommend. So be aware when buying fans. Yeah, get them chains on them. <laughs> get them chains. Yeah, get them chains. I'm going to put y'all back in the chains. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, what else went on? Oh, yeah, then uh, two more at Pop's house, and I got another one to install there to make four. Whoa, that's crazy. You got mm-hmm. another one? Yeah, he's got that. I He was supposed to have two put in the basement, but then one didn't come with the glass bulb or the glass enclosure. That's right. So he had to go back and get a new one that actually had the, all the parts in it. And dig his receipt out of the trash. Mm-hmm. And let me see that there was a rebate attached to it. That he threw out, and then he's like, well, the it expired. I said, I don't care if it's expired. You send that in, they'll get you your rebate. Yeah. <laughs> Always send in the rebates, even if they're expired. That's right. Yeah, they still give them to you. Then we thought it was missing one of the fan uh, wing holders. I just <laughs> but, put shit down in stupid places when I'm putting things together. Yeah. Like was spread that one, things out. Was that one much easier to install than ours? Uh, yeah, because it wasn't on an angled ceiling. That's what made ours a pain in the ass. Yeah. But hey, got it, got it working. Yeah, and it's wonderful. Uh, what else? What else? Uh, two new decks. You got two new decks. I did. I didn't, uh, I don't have them with me, but hmm. you got me first, um, this Oracle deck using Manara Art. Which I was familiar with from memes. Yeah, like the meme of the monk that's kneeling and that uh, sexy lady behind him or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or there's one that's like a lady with her bare ass up in the air and a bunch of people staring in the background. Like <laughs> Renaissance people. Yeah. Renaissance village. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. And so we played with that a little. That was fun. But then you also got me an erotic art tarot deck which was really cool because the art was created by a husband and wife yeah and if i had brought the deck down i would tell you their names but i don't remember sorry i didn't mean to put you on the spot no it's all right and so i just a card jumped out at me which was the ace of swords so that was my first drawing of the erotic tarot deck i love the uh Brand new tarots, they seem to like spit one out at you all the time, you know? Yeah. I think I've always had that experience with like opening a tarot deck. Me too. Like one falls out and you're like, oh, okay. Hello. Yep. And it's like, oh, thanks for the drawing. <laughs> the spitting. <laughs> yeah. And then my kids were like, what are these? And I was like, mine. And <laughs> put them in my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, What else? Looks like, uh, oh, Behind the Schemes had uh, N.A. Millennial on last night. Yeah, it was a double feature. Greg Daniels in the house. Anti Howgen was there. So it was MMOBTS combined. That's right. With their powers combined. The the full Captain Planet (laughs) went down last night. I haven't uh, been able to listen to the whole thing, but I got out of class. I mean, back in evenings, week two of evening teach. Because you've got to teach them two weeks in a row. When all of the live shows are going on, you're teaching. 
Yeah, I, I snuck a call into Hug Story during a break. Nice. Just because I happened to see it, too. That's that's my scatterbrain shit, you know what I mean? Like, if it's not directly in front of me at a given moment, like, then it just gets lost. It's kind of funny, because uh, I've been in this live show mode for, like, probably three or four years now. And it started with li- starting to listen to No Agenda Live. And now it's just, like, always live, and I've totally forgotten how podcasting used to be slash kind of is supposed to be where you just cue the shit up, right? And you play the stuff as a, you know, whenever you have the chance. It's not the same. It's like on demand listening, you know, like you can listen to the shit anytime. So I don't really have an excuse, but I just, now that I'm in the live mode, I totally forget. I'm like, oh fuck, I missed this show because it was last night, but you know, it's, it's, it's ready. It's there. It's a new show. Uh, I had, um, Somebody asked in the Telegram group, because I've been testing out this new fountain, and they were like, you know, I said something about, you know, all when I logged into the new version, all my subscriptions were there, and uh, all my sats were there. And somebody was like, was your queue still all set up right? And I'm like, fuck, I don't even use the queue. <laughs> like, I just, you know, I open fountain and boost stuff, or comment, or like comments, and things like that. You know, I don't... Yeah. I'm almost, I'm just listening live. That's all I do. It's the way. It's the, it's a great way, but I really need to catch up on some great shit because I've been missing things. And, and with podcasting, you don't have to miss anything. Exactly. So I don't know. I'm just a big dummy, really, at the end of the day. Commuting is the best way to catch up, though, and we both work at home. That's very <laughs> true. That is another uh, point that is uh, not lost on me. Yeah. Not a lot of time driven in the car. It's cool, though, to keep the mileage low on your car. Yeah, it is really cool. It is cool. Uh, But whether you're catching up or listening live or uh, just skimming, we always like to thank you for your participation in this fun little project we got going called Bowl After Bowl, which is a value-for-value podcast, which means we come down every Tuesday and throw the thing together live to tape, and we put it out on an RSS feed, and anybody can download it and listen to it. Uh, Not only this one, 246, but all 245 other episodes that came before it. They're all available. Then you can listen to any of them at your leisure uh, with no with no associated upfront cost. And the only ask is, if you uh, find that you're getting value episode after episode, bowl after bowl, we ask you to assess what kind of value is it and try to return that value in some form, some kind of an equal and opposite force there. A feedback loop, a a little, a little touch to let us know you're out there. Just like that. That's the sound of a boost coming in live uh, via the lovely helipad. Yeah, because every time a boost comes into the bowl, a bowler gets a strike. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, so we always like to thank those that contributed their value to the show, bowl after bowl, and keep us online, keep us uh, putting these things out there. And for the PayPal's, all you got to do is go to bullafterbull.com, scroll to the bottom of any page, and there's a button to donate, like Sharky Shark did. Sharky! Thank you. Sharky actually set up uh, a recurring stonation of $4.20 a month, so that hit uh, last week. We very much appreciate that. In fact, uh, let's see, I think I have a joint for you in here somewhere. Oh, yeah, I see. It's over there. Right over there. Nope, that way. That way. Right there. 
You don't see it? I don't see it. I burned the right to smoke weed. <laughs> you need to grow up and get high, my nigga. Is that Reefa? Nah, nigga, it's weed. Well, it's weed. It's right here for you. Thank you, Sharky. Yeah, thanks, Sharky. Just for you. Just for you. Uh, that is the PayPal, though. That's that's the, the lone PayPal this week. It is uh, getting quieter as time goes on over there because, of course, of all the pins that you hear smashing around and this newfangled podcasting 2.0 situation that's taking the podcast world by storm. And uh, we're happy to be a part of it. Uh, from the very first uh, raggedy crew of under 100 shows, when we first started out, it's crazy to see how much has expanded. And uh, now there are thousands and thousands of shows that are lightning-enabled. And you can play along, too. Just gotta take all your clothes off and go to nudepodcastapps.com. Pick you out a modern podcast app with all the great new features. You can even enjoy the live experience if you're in CurioCaster or Podverse or now... Uh, Fountain. That's right. Is testing the live. It's not officially rolled out to all versions, but if you're on the latest builds, uh, then you can test that live experience out, and it seems to be working pretty well. Ironing out some kinks in the background, which is always important. And uh, I always like to scroll back to six days ago, because Harv Hat gives us an outro boost, and he hit us again last week. 1420 sats from CurioCaster. Thank you, Harv Hat. Appreciate you, sir. We also next up had a boost from C Brooklyn 112. Oh, thanks, C Brooklyn. He's coming out of Podverse this time and he says, Thanks for the info on Ledger. We'll look into the cold card. Last week we talked a little bit about how Ledger had uh, implemented this new recovery service where uh, they <laughs> could, if you subscribe to them and pay extra money, they can extract your key chop it into three encrypted pieces and send it to three different custodians who can then work together to help you put your, you know, wallet back together if you ever lose your keys, which implies that they can get your key from your device, which implies that there's a, another party out there you have to trust with your key. Whoops! Yeah. What's the point of a hardware wallet again? That's to, let's have a trustless offline signing device where you have a key that no one else has access to. It's all air-gapped and sh you know, like, the whole point of having a hardware wallet is totally negated by such a service. Even if you don't subscribe to it, the mere fact that they can turn it on if you do give them money represents a unacceptable security hole. So, yes. Yeah. I don't think they're going through with that now. Uh, yeah, they, you know, <laughs> hemmed and hawed and backed up, but I, you but know... But pa the power is still there. The damage is done. <laughs> Yeah. In my opinion, especially since the source code is uh or the you know, the source code is all closed. Yeah. You can't read it. So you don't know what's in there. Exactly. You don't know if it's still in the build or not, you know? Like everybody's like, Oh, thank God I didn't update the firmware, but it's like, okay, but what are, what are you running? It's a closed box, it's a black box, nobody knows. Yep. So again, you're introducing a layer of trust. The whole point of this protocol is that we can operate without trust. We don't need to trust anybody. And the moment you introduced a new layer of trust, you've just, you know, put a layer between yourself and actual sovereignty and owning the Bitcoin. So, yes, avoid the treasure and ledger stuff. That's my uh, recommendation. You know what I don't like avoiding, though? What? Jingles. Oh, Christ. <laughs> I know you couldn't find that joint, but maybe you can find a Hey Citizen jingle over there somewhere. 
Oh, I wonder if I even can. I'm gonna do some stats. I've got 40,000 in my wallet. I'm, I'm, I'm boosting value contribution. This is fucking awesome. Thanks for keeping me on track. Oh, yeah. It is awesome. It is. I'm not gonna argue with that. It's fucking awesome. Uh, fucking awesome 420 sats from C-dubs on the podcast index. Thanks, C-dubs. He gave us a little test, test, toke. 10,000 next up from the Fountain app from our buddy Rev Cyber Trucker. All right. Thanks, Rev. He said, when a podcast comes along, you must boost it. Oh, hell yeah. Singing Boostagrams, one of my faves. Gotta love it. Thank <laughs> you, Rev. I have such a soft spot for those. 12,300 sats from Piranesi. Thank you. Back for another boost. Appreciate you, sir. We also have the 4269 signature sat boost from Harv Hat. That comes out of Curio Caster. And that's when we went live. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. The bowl got lit. Then Piranesi with another 12,300 sats. Woo! Thank you. Doubling up. Doubling up. We appreciate that very much. Uh, 11,111 sats from Bowley steed. Ah, thanks, Bowley. Bowl after bowl softens the present shit stain. The gold, aka nuggets, are the bowls. Are the bowl with buds? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Bowley. Did I say that was five ones? That's eleven thousand one hundred eleven at a fountain. A beautiful number. Five Richards in a sack. Uh, three. 1,333 sets coming in from Booberry at a fountain. Aw, boobs. Thank you. He's also boosting that live tag. Love seeing the live boosts come out of fountain. And uh, he says, oh my God, yes, which I do have. Oh my God, yes. Oh my God, yes. Yes, yes. yes. Thank you, sir. Love you, boobies. Uh, 10,000 sacks w- uh, was next from Weirdo. 10,000 sacks, 10,000 eh? sacks of sats. <laughs> each with one sat in them. All right. Thanks, weirdo. Uh, that's coming out of Fountain. He says, Bowl Boost. Fair enough. So thank you for your bowl boost, sir. Uh, 11,821 sats from, you guessed it, that's oh, Pfeiffer. Oh, yeah. Smash Boost. Thanks, Pfeiffer. He's boosting from the podcast index, which you can do with a uh, compatible LN uh, web LN wallet, such as Albi or others. And uh, he said, whoa, podcast index does live item now. And apparently so, because he's boosting the live item as we speak. Fantastic. From the old podcast index. So add it to the list. Yeah. You can go straight to the index. Straight to the index for the live boosts. Epic. Uh, 420 sats from Anonymous coming out of Podverse. Anonymous says, I'm hacking your ceiling fan. Defend the network. Go podcasting. <laughs> oh. Oh, you'd have a good view from there. Getting your ceiling fan hacked. That blows. <laughs> yeah, that does. Uh, 3333 <laughs> next up from Make Heroism. That's coming out of the Fountain app. Oh, Make Heroism. Thank you. Getting that live tag. And then 420 sats from Anonymous uh, out of CurioCaster. They said, I listen live at 1.5x speed. That is impressive. That's very impressive. They are 
uh, already to the shit stain right now. <laughs> yeah, I think so. They're listening, <laughs> and, and we're wrapping up the cocaine shit stain. That's fantastic. Podverse has incredible technology these days. Uh, finally, you just heard eight minutes ago that strike coming in. One, two, three, four, five from Lavish. All right. Thanks, Lavish. Once he caught a fish alive boost out of Fountain, and he said, Strike! Very nice. Bowlers are now boosting just to hear me say uh, different shit. They know I'm like Ron Burgundy. I'm going to read the boost as presented. <laughs> Bowler in the chat said, every time the bowl strikes, a bowler takes a hit. There you go. Love that. Very true. Very legal. Very legal. And that's our boosts <laughs> for now, although they keep rolling in throughout the show. And you could send them uh, during the live or any time, night or day. And they'll come in. That's right. Smack our node and... Uh, Go out to all of the various uh, splits and, and et cetera and such and such as. So we appreciate every, each and every single one of you boosty little bowlers out there. And uh, that's not all, though. It's not just the boost. It's not just the PayPal's. Value encompasses much more. That's right. Like art and jingles that you've heard. And, of course, every week we have a first time I ever topic. So you can leave voicemails, too, because we want to hear about the first time you ever went to a bonfire. All you have to do is pick up your phone and... Call 816-607-3663 and the play of voice That's right, and we won't screen them, we'll just play them. You can also text or send pictures, or videos, or audio clips to the text line, which is the same number, 816-607-3663. And the easiest form of value of all is to simply pass the bowl to someone you know will like it. That's right, it's gotta be, you know, someone that you're not going to offend by passing the bowl. Use your judgment. Think about it. Analyze it. Uh, but all of the value comes back to the first rule. First rule of being a smoker is it's bad manners to keep bumming all the damn time. Uh, and there's another slap from Eastside Tony. Oh, thanks, Eastside Tony. Or 20 sats out of Podverse, he said, this shit is lit. Yeah, and Eastside Tony is not a mooch. That's right. He's pinching some in. No longer. No longer will you be a mooch. And uh, another one rolls in. Jiminy Christmas. They're trying to stack him in here. Uh, oh, no. He's trying to destroy <laughs> me. One, two, three, four, five sats from Lavish out of uh, Fountain. I'm going to try this. Rimbo Timmy, Rippy Tippy Doo, Shimbo Shambo, Lasagy Day, Soom, Randall Sandal, Shimmy Room, Clammy Bake, Negro Boost. <laughs> hey. Hey, now. Ho, now, now. Ho, now, now. You can, Ho, now, now. You can read it word for word uh, at Fountain. In the fountain app. Or if you're in the chat, you could go over to bowlafterbowl.com, uh, hit listen live, and get your ass in the bowl in the chat. That's where it's at. Make me say questionable things uh, for sats. <laughs> in the chat. In the chat. <laughs> uh, over a boostagram. And just have a great goddamn time. Yeah, just hang out, you know, in general. In general. It makes uh, slightly more sense once you're in the bowl and then. You're in the bowl 
as well. Yes. It's not going to still be crystal clear. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. It's a lot of confusion. This is kind of a smoky room. There's a lot of haze. Takes a while to get used to, but uh, we do our best here. And if you hang around, stick around, uh, it'll all start to come together. Now, for the moment, all of the bully steeds have been waiting for. Ah, yeah, you just want to build that node. Just want to build that node. Or another node. Or uh, nodes on your nodes. You can run nodes on your nodes, I think. Because why not? Nodes on nodes. This weekend was the Miami Bitcoin conference, and uh, I think those things have just been getting sleepier and sleepier. Yeah, I didn't... I, I hear, barely heard a peep out of it. And some of the KC uh, Bitcoiners were down there. You know? Oh, cool. I think it's mostly just uh opportunity to talk to people and shake some hands and kind of, you know, network a bit. Definitely. But, uh, man, you know, there's usually some kind of huge announcement type stuff, and this 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 one just seemed like uh the least hyped least hyped least uh dropped all that kind of stuff i mean people were there and talking but there wasn't anything like explosive probably the biggest thing that i saw and you know uh if you saw something really wonderful and uh, earth-shattering that i might have missed you know send me a message spencer at bullafterbull.com but uh, i did see mempool uh, announced it they are about to launch this service called Mempool Accelerator, mm. which allows you to speed up transactions. Oh? Uh, with some kind of acceleration protocol. I don't really know. I haven't dug into the nuts and bolts of how the hell this thing works. But essentially, the on stage, they had a one sat per value byte, or one sat per virtual byte. I always want to say value every time I see a fucking V. Uh, one sat per virtual byte transaction confirmed within three minutes despite the next block having an 88 sat per value byte estimate. And because uh, you use the mempool accelerator service somehow. And so they're connected to some kind of a mining pool is how it works. But I don't, I really don't know the, any deeper details. It's all just surface level. I haven't had time to really kind of use it or try it or read about like the, the technicals behind it but it seems like voodoo magic i'll have a link to their tweet in the uh and i'll post it in the bowl free lorian so you can add it to the show notes oh awesome uh, this is like the knitter version of their tweet but uh perfect it has a little two minute video of them uh up on the open source stage demoing this thing and it just it seems like voodoo magic basically which is cool to see and uh, the guys at Mempool are always trying to come up with new different services. They already have the magma pool where you can uh, buy and sell liquidity on Lightning, buy and sell new channels. So I'll have to look into more of the uh, nuts and bolts of how that goes down. But it looked pretty uh, exciting to me. Get so excited. That's my initial thing is exciting. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I would think... It's like an extra service you got to pay into or something. Mm -hmm. mm. Strike had their announcement that was just that they're like in 65 countries now and they opened a new base of operations in El Salvador. But that news came out like a week ago before the conference. And uh, I think they just kind of reiterated it. Mm. Usually Jack has some kind of wild thing he wants to talk about it. 
the conference, but I don't know. I don't know. It just kind of was like uh, I was waiting for something more that just never came, you know? Maybe you got stoned and missed it. I could have got stoned and missed it. I was at a bonfire, so yeah, <laughs> all bets are off. I did get rather stoned at the bonfire. So yeah, all bets are off. Uh, but in other news around the uh, coinage world, there was a n- announcement over the weekend, uh, last Friday actually, they rolled out this new product uh, that originally came out of a group called Bitcoin Design Community. Their website can be uh, found at bitcoin.design. And uh, they're kind of tasked with making Bitcoin more intuitive and uh, accessible, which is one of the largest complaints for newcomers in the space is that it's like hard to grasp at first and figure out like how to use all of this shit, which is uh, legitimate. I, I get that. Uh, I also think that good things, especially when it comes with personal sovereignty and like personal freedom, definitely take more effort than something that's as easy as just falling into a trap. <laughs> definitely. Uh, so easy isn't always the necessarily the best feature I look for in, in products, especially when it comes to Bitcoin products. But uh, all things else equal, ease of use is definitely something to consider and move toward. And that's definitely been happening over the years. Uh, this newest wallet uses that as kind of its base goal, this idea of hyper-Bitcoinization and uh, adopting with the novice onboarding user in mind, right? Okay. So it's called Etta Wallet, E-T-T-A Wallet, all one word. It's written in TypeScript and it's built uh, in React Native for both Android and iOS. All the components... Uh, from the design guide that these uh, Bitcoin design community guys put together have been reduced into a strongly typed UI library they've named Etta UI that you can fully customize and anybody can use it in your own projects. Hmm. And it's 100% reproducible. You can run it on your own infrastructure. And there's a GitHub link in this blog post about it uh, where it's been announced. Okay. I like the sounds of that. Um... So yeah, that's a pretty cool one. I want to explore that further because, of course, we're looking for some kind of a solution for the new web page. We want to build in some ability to handle boosts, you know, directly on the page. Yeah, exactly. And you also have had some really fun ideas. <laughs> like I remember one that came up when Lavish and Cotton Gin were in town. That, that might be able to help with. Yeah, we're hoping to get some cool stuff going. <laughs> still uh still chipping away at it just as like the the further i get into it the more surprising twists and turns it's taking and i just i never thought it would be this long you know just wanted to get off wordpress but now I'm like, <laughs> if only it were so simple i know right yeah can i has a website right. yeah i can uh, eventually yep chipping away uh and we do have a website right now it just sucks it's okay. It works. When you click on stuff, it goes there. Okay, it works. It's a viable product. <laughs> what doesn't work is Pakistan announcing a fresh ban on crypto. Oh. As adoption uh, still remains popular. Popular. I'm sure they'll have great success with that ban. Cryptocurrencies will never be legalized in Pakistan, says Minister of State for Finance and Revenue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and how's that worked for other countries? Aisha Gauss Pasha, I believe. 
Their old band got stale, Arvad asks. Yeah, you know, it's banned again. Pakistan's government has hardened its stance against cryptocurrencies. Even as retailers continue to hedge their financial bids against a devaluing Pakistani rupee, partly due to a politically uh, volatile situation, excuse me, in the nation. Yeah. So, good luck. Good luck. Yeah, exactly. Look at China. They banned crypto also. As per regulatory instructions from the State Bank of Pakistan, any remittance of foreign exchange directly or indirectly outside Pakistan to overseas foreign exchange trading, margin trading, and CFD trading apps, websites, platforms through any payment channel is not allowed or permitted by the State Bank of Pakistan, and such payments are inherently risky and illegal. <laughs> oh, yeah. So there's the Coindesk uh, article about that. It's pretty hilarious. Um, I love it. I love it. Keep banning it. Yeah. Ban harder, daddy. Exactly. Uh, two more things on my list here and then I'll get the hell out of here. Bitcoiner guide had a really cool write up of an entire guide on buying, uh, non KYC Bitcoin over the lightning network privately via this tool, RoboSats, which we've mentioned briefly a few times over the course of the show. But this kind of is a just the definitive walkthrough, including all the terms. It starts right off with like a list of terms you need to know and things you need to have in order to get in there and uh, get using RoboSats and uh, how to buy on there. And uh, I think also some of the other... Uh, sell orders you can create a buy order or you can take one that's already on there you also have the option to receive on chain but uh it's really lightning focused the whole RoboSats thing so you basically go in and you can pick your uh maker and you can pick your payment method there are several different payment methods that a buyer could choose to accept or excuse me that a seller could choose to accept obviously they're selling uh, but yeah, it looks pretty interesting. I've never actually used it yet. It's one of those things that I've always wanted to try out. Um, RoboSats? The RoboSats thing, oh. yeah. I've never done a RoboSats. I'd do one. Um, oh, and there's one other thing I guess I forgot too. But before I get to that, the KC Bitcoin meetup group. We have a couple events coming up, including the next one that I will be able to attend is this Friday morning. Bitcoin and coffee. In fact, let me click attend right now so I take one of those spots up. Ha <laughs> ha, three spots left. Three spots remaining. Just kidding, two spots left. Two spots remaining. Of course, if those spots are filled up, you can still show up anyway. It's just at a coffee shop in uh, the River Market District. We go to Thou Mayest up at uh, River Kwai. So check it out, check us out, come hang out and uh, get caffeinated and talk some coin. We also have a Beers with Bitcoiners meetup that is next Tuesday. So it'll be a show night. Mm. But uh, I have the week off because nice. of Memorial Day. So I will be up there kicking it. It's going to be at the bar again in Mission, which is great because I was bummed I missed the last. They had the last Beers with Bitcoiners at the bar in Mission. So we had a No Agenda meetup there a couple years back. That was a good one. I like that space. There were... People who attended that meetup that we have not seen again. But I bet if we had a meetup there, they would come back. It's just like there's so many people that are walkable 
living in Mission yeah. that are walkable to downtown Mission on Johnson Drive where the bar is. So it's like you just get a good show up yeah. or get a good turnout for your event because you're just like, holy shit, all these people just ride around the corner. And it's a great space with that garage that they've turned into a tabled floor. You know, they can open those garage doors and have the patio outside and people hanging out inside. Yeah, it's killer. It's happening. Uh, there's this new dealio, what do I want to say, like a promotion? New, new dealio. Going on at f- uh, the Fold Card. Oh, Fold, eh? Yeah, they're boosting the uh, referral reward. Oh, boosting it. Boosting it. Yes, say. You like that? I like boosts. So essentially what it is is there's always like this referral bonus that you get for starting out if you sign up with somebody's referral code. And then it's like it onboarding, getting anybody like a bank account, you know, like our credit union is like refer somebody new and we'll put 10 bucks in each of your accounts. Oh, boy. Yeah. So the the uh, give and get is 50,000 sats right now, Ooh. which is fun. The fine print is that you have to. Between now and June 30th, sign up, get a fold card, and spend 20 bucks on it. Uh, not hard to do, though. And if you do those three things, then uh, you get 50,000 sets, and your referrer gets 50,000. Cool. So, And when you spend that 20 bucks, which you're going to inevitably spend anyway, you're going to stack some sets along with it. Yeah, so uh, the fold thing is kind of... Uh, highly divided i guess in the in the bitcoiner circle because on the one hand it is a banking product and there's uh know your customer rules involved in that and you have a prepaid debit card attached to that and uh privacy purists are allergic to fold cards which i totally understand and respect yeah uh for me it's just a way to on my limited budget and limited income be able to stack sats back on every fucking dollar that goes out of my hands because I can't necessarily spend every dollar that goes out of my hands on Bitcoin and on these other exchanges. But then passively, if I just add this way to, you know, increase my stack passively over time, like the two year, I think I've been using this card for two years. It's just a prepaid Visa card and you just load money up on it out of your bank account periodically or however you want to do it. There's a few different ways to get money in there. Um, but then over the last two years, I've stacked over 3 million sats on this thing. Hell yeah. So those are, yeah, 3.2, 3.2 million sats that I wouldn't, Holy uh, shit. I wouldn't otherwise have, you know, and it's just for, uh, <laughs> spending my normal spend. And the nice thing is they brought that, uh, stack, they call it the stack hack, but really it's just the ability to pay anything with your, uh, fold card so like your mortgage and your credit card bill those are two of the big ones each month yeah if you use credit cards and uh of course we just pay that off every fucking month because we're allergic to interest yeah that's for sure so if you do that with a fold card then you're just double dipping because i get the one percent back on the card when i make the credit card purchase and then i get another percent back uh with sats when i pay the credit card with those sats it's a double dip, man. It's nice. We're nickel and diamond them back. You know, Dave Ramsey would be horrified. <laughs> I think it's wunderbar. Yeah. So, do you want to put like a referral link in the show notes? 
I'll I'll have one if anybody's interested. It's not something I want to like push or being annoying about, but it's out there if you are interested in trying it out. The yeah. reason I use it is exactly why I said, you know, like those are three million sets I wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah. And so that's kind of nice, just spending the money I already would have spent. So um, I will say it's not recommended for purists when it comes to privacy. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's trade-offs and everything. There's trade-offs and everything. Yeah. So, uh, hey, uh, my node went offline this week. Yes, it did. <laughs> and God bless Harvat for jumping in the bowl and letting me know. So yes. I could get on it and get it back up and running. Thanks quickly. for alerting the dame. Yes. Harvat. God bless you. <laughs> uh, what happened was my fan died. My fan pooped out. And my node got way too hot and uh, just, just shut down. Mm. And so then I was, I didn't freak out because we don't freak out here in the bowl. But. I questioned every step that I took to get it back up and running and was like, Spence, would you do this? Would you do this? Yep, yep, yep. So just turned it off, waited five seconds, turned it back on, got it under a new fan. Everything was pretty good. I had a syncing issue, a blockchain syncing issue, and then I had to turn it off, turn it back on again, and then it was fine. Have you tried turning it off and on again? Was basically the answer to my problems. Yep. Yeah, a little, little uh, restart process, a little reboot from the Umbral uh, interface, and that uh, that that's what ended up being the magic bullet, yeah? Yeah, so it was easy enough. Tight. I should fuck with it more, but it's been a good run. In my experience talking to people, the people that fuck with it more like me are the people that have more problems. Like, I have to reflash my drive every once in a while because of, because of fucking with it, so there's that. But yeah, all well, that's in all, how you learn. All in all, hey, TikTok next block. We're still uh, still making blocks. Mempool, by the way, still a little bit higher than usual, but not higher than me. Hey, yeah. and not higher than the peak. It looks like uh, over the last hour, we're getting a minimum of twenty-one to twenty-seven sats per virtual byte here. Mm. So yeah, it's in the yellow on Mempool, but uh, yeah, <laughs> these things seem to adjust. Over time. They sure do. And, uh, yeah, people still shit coining on the blockchain, which is a little bit annoying. Here's a great one. Uh, in the next block, waiting to confirm, there's this big-ass transaction here. Uh, and I can never tell what's going on now because there's so many different uh, protocols. There's so many different NFT protocols and inscription protocols going on. Like, it's not just the original Ordinals thing. And the way the ordinals works have have changed as well. Mm. But there's this big chonky transaction here. Uh, that's a big ugly. With a virtual size of ninety one point eight seven kilo virtual bytes. Jeez. Uh, and a fee rate of fifty one point one sats. The amount transferred is nine point three million sats, and the fee is four point six million sats. Oof. So that's over fifty percent. Crazy. You've got to love it. You gotta love it. You're paying a thousand. You're paying twelve hundred dollars to send twenty four, basically. Mm. If you think of it in a dollar sense, uh, 
perspective. Why? I don't know, man. Just do it. Just jamming up. People are just burning. I just do it for the lulls. Just burning coin. I, I don't know. I hope that these fees are even higher for the ordinals so that uh, people just run out of coin. Yeah. <laughs> They're only going to be able to do this for so long. And then what do you have at the end? You've got a fucking NFT on Bitcoin blockchain. Okay. <laughs> Maybe you can sell that someday. I don't know. I'm not buying that shit. Unless it just is a normal sat that comes to me that happens to, you know, it's like yeah. if you look through your change in your grocery change at the store and you're like, oh, yeah, I got one of the back quarters, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like mildly interesting, but it doesn't make that quarter worth more than the other ones. That's correct. I don't know. I saw a shit stain story this week. You did. About Bitcoin coming up during a divorce and the headlines on all the mainstream media was this husband hid $500,000 in Bitcoin and got busted by a crypto hunter. And so the story goes that this ex-wife felt that her husband, ex-husband wasn't revealing all of his assets in the divorce proceedings. Cause he earned $3 million a year. Mm. And so she hired a forensic accountant to go try and figure out all the crypto stuff, and dude had 12 Bitcoin. Jesus, so, Louise. Then they go on to talk about financial infidelity, which is a term I was unfamiliar with, um, and how you can't subpoena anybody for their uh, crypto since it's not regulated by a centralized bank. So, gotta hire these crypto hunters to find it, you know, all the transactions and whatnot. And in New York, where the couple was, it's an equitable distribution state, so the spouse gets 50% of all assets, so that lady has come into six Bitcoin. Wow. Yeah. What a way to earn the corn. Must Which, be fucking nice. Must be fucking nice. I still feel like, how does that happen? Can't that guy just say, like, not, you know, over my dead body? It depends on where he's holding them, but, I mean, yeah. He can say, fuck your court order and go to jail. Mm, I see. That's not a great option. Yeah. But at the same time, if he hates her enough, but maybe he could. it is. Yeah, he could. He could. <laughs> you ain't getting this Bitcoin. Uh, yeah, there are scenarios where he could indeed uh, say, no, nah, fuck you. you I, you'll have to stab oh, it out of me, and even then you won't get it. All my corns were lost at sea. Yeah, I mean, you can just make it look like uh, someone took them. I don't know how to get the corn. Oh, I lost them to this. I don't know what this wallet even is. And then someone sent them to a mixer from there. And oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So that was interesting. It was um, for a mainstream article. It did go pretty in depth with how Bitcoin operates and stuff. Interesting. So that was interesting. Um, in my show notes, I'll have the CNBC article, but it was covered everywhere. Look at you chopping up lines. Yeah, I love it. I like it. Well, thank you. Oh, you're Thanks welcome. Thanks for adding to it. Uh, I never have anything to add to. Top three, 33. All right. You never see a magic number in the wild? Uh, How often am I in the wild? I've been in a code hole for like months now. You were at the bonfire with me. That's kind of in the wild. Yeah, but n no headlines out well, there at the bonfire. This first one won't come as a surprise. Only 33% of Americans approve of Biden's handling of the economy, a new poll finds. Seems high. <laughs> That's what I thought, too. 
<laughs> well, then uh, you dig in and it says 24% say national economics are in good shape. And I just thought, holy mackerel, like, who are they? 24% cope rate. Yeah. 24% with their heads up their asses, living in la-la land, not paying attention at all, phone zombie much. I mean, I guess eggs have come down a little bit. Eggs have come down. Gas has gone up. Mm-hmm. The gas had a big jump in our area, like 25 cents overnight. Fuck that. Fuck it. So this poll and all the data that goes along with it came out of the Associated Press in collaboration with the National Opinion Research Center out of the University of Chicago. They go by NORC. And when I first saw NORC, I was like, the naturally occurring retirement community? <laughs> I don't know, but that's the reference I know with NORC. NORCs are for dorks. But this NORC has clients uh, that include the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the CDC, CNN, Federal Reserve Board, NASA, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and a myriad of alphabet soups, U.S. departments and such. Along with the World Bank. So that's cool. 40% of participants approved of the way the Dusty Man is doing his job. And there was a quote in there I thought was silly. I pulled out. Those numbers all seem fat as hell. I know. This was from a mother of two who works at a boutique and goes by the name Mosquita. (laughs) Anyway, she's uh, looking to open her own business. And uh, disapproved of Biden's performance. And her quote was, everything feels a bit crazy right now in this economy. My older daughter is in school now, and I just worry that this lack of gun policy stuff could affect her. Oh, my God. And I just smacked my face. Because it's like, hey, pull your kid out of school would be a good first move. Maybe. Good suggestion. Sure. Not legal advice. Just putting it out there. And then, like, with the gun policy stuff, man, it's like, you know, with this uniparty that exists in our country, you'll have half of the people saying the politician is not doing enough, and the other half is saying they're doing too much. Don't touch my guns, you know? No gun policy at all. Stay away from it. It's just crazy. It's the same old back and forth, man. Yeah, the political theater. Nothing new under the sun. Oh, not at all. And then, uh, you know, they mentioned that there's a historically low unemployment rate at 3.4%, almost a magical percentage, but not quite. And all I could think was, yeah, because they killed off most of the folks that would have been in there with their lotteries and free bread. Yeah, well, and (laughs) they make this fun little unemployment number that if you're not, like, looking for a job, then you're not counted at all, you know? Yeah, that's true. If you give up and let the moss overtake you, then... We am the dirt. You're not unemployed. That's right. The U.S. Golf Association announced 33 additional U.S. Open exemptions. If you follow golf, if you're a golfer. Mm. So the U.S. Open's... Clearly uh, you're not a golfer. Clearly, I am not. (laughs) But the U.S. Opens are in Los Angeles for the first time since 1948. And I knew nothing about how these exemptions worked. But, uh, yeah, of course, that's just means that a player gets invited to participate, even though they didn't qualify. And they have things called sponsor exemptions, too. So that's just to, like, 
ramp up interest and sell more tickets to the event. Mm. You know, they get celebrities on there and such, other athletes from other sports ball games. Um, so I guess there are 84 players right now that have gotten in through these exemptions. But out of the 33, all of these were in the top 60 players worldwide. So no impressive slouches. golfers, my man. Impressive golfers. No slouches. <laughs> Uh, I did have two boosts hit Ooh, during boosts. the shit stain. Both from East Side Tony. Hey, Tony. Both for 420 sats, both out of Podverse. Uh, he said, Mexican Americans don't like to get up early, but they have to, so they do it very slow. <laughs> <laughs> Word. And uh, then the next one is, Mimpool Accelerator is probably pruning ordinals, he says. Mm. I'll, have to, I'll have to look into the deets. Yeah. You're paying somebody to do something. Probably a node operator. My brain goes to, it's a scam. But also, that sounds cool. <laughs> That's bullshit, but I believe it. <laughs> I believe nothing. It's like how I was excited to hear about um, blood tests where they don't actually have to prick your finger. But that was a lie. Oh, the Thanos or the... <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Ooh, just suck up the blood through your pores. Sounds great. Yeah. It's a scam. And finally, my third top 333 story this week comes from uh, Tallahassee, where a married couple got 33 months in prison after shooting at a father and son at a strip club that they owned. Whoa. Yeah. I'm sorry, strip mall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that makes a very different story. Freudian slip there. hey Strip mall that they owned. <laughs> they owned a strip mall, and they were having vandalism issues, so they decided to just stake it out with their guns, I guess. Mm. And this dad pulled up with a U-Haul that he was dropping off nearby, and he had his 10-year-old son with him, and they started shooting at him. The father and son were totally uninjured, but obviously that's uncool, man. Yeah. And not legal. So Yeah, there's yeah. certain rules of engagement. Thirty three months. Now, of course, you know what this story turned into though, or maybe you can feel it whenever these there's these violent stories and they have magic numbers and they're making national news. I can feel it turning into a different story. Yeah. Racial profiling would be ah. that story because the dad and the son are black and the owners are white. Mm. Who'd have thunk? Anyways, I don't want to think about that shit, though, because there's no racial profiling in the bowl. We just go behind the curtain and have a great goddamn time. That's right. Quite relaxing down here. Yeah, mind if I do a J? I might, uh... Look. <laughs> need to grab a supply really fast. Oh, that's fine. I can't believe there's not a supply in the bowl, though. Makes me think you didn't look around hard enough. Well, someone's been looking around pretty hard, and that is the D-E-A... Unfortunately, the DEA just had a conference, a supply chain conference, but one of the presentations there was done by our favorite named spook, Terrence Booze. Boo! It's Terrence Booze. And uh, he uh, is part of the diversion operations. And he brought up something disconcerting which is that the DEA is very likely to start scheduling Delta 8, Delta 10, all of these THC 
derivatives from hemp. Just add them to the controlled substance list so that they're regulated and illegal as fuck. Because we can't have nice things here. We can't have a free market without regulations and such. So he also made a weird statement during his presentation, which was that the Department of Health and Human Services has indicated that 0.1% THC is safe. Of course, the 2018 Farm Bill allows hemp to contain up to 0.3%. So those additional uh, two-tenths of a percentage, man, that might really screw things up, make it very dangerous. But, I don't know, they're uh, planning to modify their regulations and decontrol CBD that, uh, you know, goes up to uh, 0.1% THC, or CBD products. Decontrolled, I like that word, I like seeing that. Yeah, less control. But when it comes to adding Delta-8 and such to the Controlled Substances Act, it's going to take a minute. So people have time to prepare and get ready for what that means. I hope it takes literally forever. Me too. Um, The process that they'll have to go through is reviewing the Health and Human Services recommendation that made them even think this up and coming up with an analysis for why things should change, uh, getting a rule proposed and then publishing it to the federal register. And then there's a period of public comment. And you bet your ass, me and a bunch of people will take part in that and tell them what a horrible idea that is to add Delta-8 and such to the Controlled Substances Act. Um, And then after that, you know, it, it might happen. But in his presentation to back this up, he had a link to a video. And you know what that video was? The news story about Delta 8 in Pennsylvania, where the state said it was laced with fentanyl. Of course. And then the state came out, state actors, and said, oh, no, it wasn't. We can't prove that it ever was. It was a false positive on our test. But he didn't play that part. But the story never got walked back or revised or removed. It's just out there. And so he just linked to that first story. Of course. And didn't tell the truth. Very frustrating. The truth is very bad for their campaign, dude. Yeah. Well, I didn't realize this, but 14 states have already banned Delta 8 specifically. Hmm. And two states, Connecticut and Michigan, have Delta-8 under regulation. So... Hooray! Yeah, and I keep referring to Delta-8 because that is the one that's being plucked out and referred to all the time. Um, But with this rule that they're proposing, adding it to the Controlled Substances Act, it would be for any synthetic cannabinoid. So D8, D10, heebie-jeebie, all that shit. Yeah, the HHO and whatever. (laughs) Uh, so C-B-A-D-E-F-G-H-I-J-K-L-M-N-O-P. Yeah, any sort of synthesis that occurs or, you know, because they're, what, this is like a chemical conversion of CBD into Delta-8. So then that means that the cannabinoid is produced synthetically by his thinking and then it's controlled. Mm. If you're just smoking the flower, it doesn't go into the synthetic list. Ah. It's coming from the plant. But of course... Marijuana is Schedule 1 on the Controlled Substances Act, so 50 state illegal as fuck. Yeah, I like marijuana, though. Yeah, me too. That's why I go behind the curtain. (laughs) 
I also like shrooms. And the National Institute on Drug Abuse is now providing $1.5 million in funding to research psilocybin and ayahuasca as drug addiction treatment. We'll see what comes out of that. There's been many studies, I suppose, on smaller scales, um, but I think they're promising. And that means that they probably want to turn them into a pharmaceutical drug and thus, you know, patent them and make it so that the FDA can't allow them as a supplement in any way, shape, or form so that people don't really have access to it unless they have a very limited amount of ailments, as we see with Epidiolex, the CBD medication, which turns CBD into a an FDA-approved drug and then muddles up all the supplements and such that you see in the stores, tinctures and whatever. And why the FDA just put their hands up and said, what? We need legislation on it. Yeah. We can't do anything. We can't say it's okay. Gotta regulate it. Gotta get my regulations. (laughs) That's funny. Ayahuasca is back on uh, my radar this week because that that language YouTuber I like, that uh, Zhao Man NYC guy. Yes. You know, he's like... He busts into Chinese establishments and starts speaking Chinese. Yeah, he knows like 69 languages and he'll go and like to the local markets and start speaking the local language and people are like, who's this white boy? Yeah. Basically. I like that guy. So he's been doing like more and more obscure languages. Oh, wow. And uh, he just spent some time in like the Amazon jungle with some tribe and like learned their native tongue and... uh, Ended up doing ayahuasca with one of their old crazy shamans and running around naked and went on a hunt and it was pretty fun content, honestly. <laughs> yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah. That's an adventure I'm down with. Pretty interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Weed made the wire this week. Everyone's radar. Everyone's got their own spin on it. Local news, national news. And that's because Quest Diagnostics came out with some data showing that American workers are testing positive for THC at a 25-year high. Ruh-roh. Sounds like it got legal or something. Yeah, a whole whopping 4.3% of their 6 million tests are positive. Oh my god, 4.3%? Oh, that's up from 39 That's an all-time <gasps> high. Yep, largest rate since 1997. Those are rookie numbers, my man. And that just makes me think that, man, 1997 was a banging year, you know? Because there was no, oh, we've got two-thirds legal markets and yada yada. It was just in fucking 1997 and everyone was stoned as shit, peeing in the cups, not giving a fuck. That was the year after Callie would would have went medical. Mm. Well, Callie's got a big population. So that would have been the only quote-unquote legal market at the time. Maybe that's where the spike came from. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe. People definitely get emboldened at the beginning of legalization, but I kind of feel like it just goes back to no big deal. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's weed. It's really not a big deal. I would agree with that. Um, But also, fuck the legal market. (laughs) Yeah, I just... I'm all for the traditional market, man. I'm just all for, like, it's a seed, put it in dirt, and then get it, and then smoke it or sell it, or whatever. Yeah. Why is, why is there got to be a bunch of rules and 
licenses and extra bullshit steps and extra rules like oh i'm gonna look at how much you have and if it weighs a certain amount then you're in trouble man like oh because of the money because of the money money power control man yeah it's the magic triangle you don't want to be controlled you don't like you don't see the game that's being played how dare you i see it i just how dare you be free mentally and turn my back upon it yeah turn my back upon the witch Exactly. Like Blueberry taught me. That's a good lesson. Everyone should do it. Yeah. Yeah. Weed's always been legal in the bowl. (laughs) Yeah, come on. (laughs) Uh, So, I have a horrible story this week, which is that um, another dog got shot by a police officer raiding an unlicensed grow in California. And you hate to see it. (laughs) This dog was tethered by the way, and approached the officers and was sniffing them and then just decided to, you know, sniff the wrong officer. Got shot. And he's limping around for the rest of the video. Um, The guy at the location who they arrested um, didn't speak English, appears Chinese, last name Yang. And I apologize if I got that wrong, if he's not Chinese, but he walked out of the house with his hands up and they were shouting at him in English and then the guy like shoots his dog so then the guy uh, Yang kind of backs up and starts you know taking a step closer to his house and they grab him and cuff him and so he was charged with unlawful possession of commercial cannabis lack of dog licenses rabies vaccinations unreasonable tethering of an animal allowing a dog to attack or injure someone and resisting arrest oh what kind of pussy got injured over it exactly no god they make up such a bunch of bullshit charges when they take dudes in it's so fucking stupid like i said this dog does not appear to be attacking anyone when you watch it the guy is just trigger happy it looks like from that's just my opinion man <laughs> and it ticks me off. I just hate seeing it. Like, Trigger and then they want dog shooter. Weird that he became a cop. Right. I know. But then they want to charge the guy with all these like, oh, you didn't take care of your dog according to the state. But the dog's dead. The dog died later. So fuck you. Yeah, you know? Oh it my just, god, what a bunch of douchebags. It's horrible. We're gonna we're gonna shoot your dog and then charge you with like five or six offenses for not taking care of the dog. What a yeah. bunch of hypocritic fucks, dude. I know. Good God, man. Yep. So. The dog you need to shoot is yourself. Just another dog dead. Mm. And it makes me mad because I love dogs. And, well, all dogs go to heaven. That's all I have to say about it. And there, you, you caught the guy growing weed and making money off of it. You feel good now? Good job. Pad your quota. Add the number in bastards an illegal grow site was also cleaned up in death valley this week specifically in a place called jail canyon Ooh. <laughs> they destroyed ten thousand plants that they found damn and they discovered them during a flyover so whoever was growing them had a pretty good thing going yeah. until a helicopter flew over no and doubt. found them everything but anti-aircraft missiles i guess yeah next time install some of those not legal advice. <laughs> Just, you know. They terraced the landscape and they installed irrigation tubes. And I guess there was some 
uh, pesticides that they found at the site, along with 35 cubic yards of trash that they had to remove. Because when the people saw the helicopter, there were people living out there right. with the grill. And when they saw the helicopter, they just dipped. Yeah. Grabbed their bug bags and got out, but left everything behind. So that all had to be cleaned up by the National Park Service. And uh, I don't know exactly how much trash 35 cubic yards is, but it sounds like a lot. Seems like a lot. Yeah. But I do know that 10,000 plants is a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Crazy. Are they counted as part of the trash? (laughs) That's a good question. This, I do not know. But yeah, and then they just destroy the plants. Can't you at this point in time donate them or something? I don't know. (laughs) What a waste. Illinois awarded their track and trace government contract to, guess who? Metric. Now, Metric, I don't think, has been updating their website very much. uh, But last time I checked, they had 23 contracts with state governments. Yeah, they got over half of the states. Yeah, I think it's well over half by now. So, I mean, I think there's, what, 33 or 34 many states? At least. I think there's 12 states that don't have anything going. I guess some states went legal but also have a Medi program still, huh? There's yes. states like that. Like our state. Exactly. That's a fact. <laughs> and metric will be there until uh, <laughs> national legalization, and then metric will be there. Tracking your shit. Yeah. From seed to pipe. All the way home with you. Also in Illinois, regulators are being sued by the social equity weed transporters over failure to address the unlicensed delivery operations going on. Oh, man. There's uh, transportation of weed was carved out specifically for social equity applicants. Social equity applicants were the only ones that could get licensed in transportation (laughs) in Illinois for now. And I think it was like five years or something. (laughs) Which Okay, we've got the solution for you social equity Y'all can be the bag man <laughs> when we roll this thing out. Hey, there were some full business licenses, too, for social equity applicants. Y'all can run some of the shops, but then all of the bag men. You're going to be all the bag men. You'll be the mules. Just carry the shit around from the grow to the shops. Maybe you can do some deliveries. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Won't even have to train you. You already know how this goes. Oh, man. <laughs> It really do be like that, though. What the fuck? So, um, these there's 13 firms on this lawsuit suing the regulators. Not all of them have been licensed yet, but they've all applied, at least. And they're just saying they can't compete with the people that are just running weed without licenses. And the Department of Agriculture in Illinois says, well, we don't have the staff to enforce the laws that prohibit illegal transportation of weed. So they haven't issued a single fine to anyone or done anything about it. So if you got to play the legal make game and stuff, I I can understand why these people would be upset. Mm, No doubt. Anyone trying to legally transport weed. So dumb. You kind of got to get it from one place to another place every once in a while. It's just part of weed being around. Is there alcohol delivery services? Yeah, there is. Okay. I mean, I know there's alcohol drive throughs You can add it to, like, an Uber Eats at any time. Oh, or of course. Different shit like that. Like, they encourage you to tack on. They're like, hey, I'm going to 
get you some Wendy's and then let me run through the packy for you, man. Yeah, you want a bottle of wine with that? Uh, you can get a vodka. Well, well, give me a vodka cranberries. Why not add weed? Why not? Why not add weed? But, uh, you know, this only a few can be licensed and then we take forever to give out the licenses thing doesn't help. Mm-hmm. Doesn't help. It's very frustrating. In Louisiana, 42 pounds of weed were delivered to a VA. Yeah, and then immediately seized by the officers that work at the VA. Yeah, that's a bad place to drop off. And they figured out who ordered it, too. And he just happens to be 33 years old. Ah, yes. And now he's facing distribution charges. I don't know why he decided to have this weed delivered to the VA. Dude, I'm going to be the absolute goodest of boys for the whole year. I'm so nervous about being 33. <laughs> yeah. Holy Soon. moly. Holy moly. Anyway. <laughs> well, I mean, this is a pretty dumb move, delivering your weed to a VA. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, don't, I wouldn't be any age and do that. I think you'll be okay. I think you'll get through 33 just fine. Yeah, you're probably right. Probably a great year. Yeah. It's definitely going to be a, a great year. In Maryland, Governor Wes Moore allowed a bill that prevents officers from searching people or vehicles based on the smell of weed alone. Right. He allowed that bill to become law without his signature. Cool. So, all right. Pussy move. Yeah. But, but he right. <laughs> did sign a bill that makes it so parental pot use cannot be construed by state officials as child neglect. Well, that's good. And that's a great one. It seems like base level sanity check. Yeah. and un- Come on. Unfortunately, in the America we live in, if it's saying you have to write a law about it or write into the already existing laws a little, you know, asterisk, hey, and by the way, since weed is legal, you can't say that a person that smokes weed abuses their child. Yeah, that's so fucked as a concept. Yeah, that we have to keep stacking rules and laws and writings on top of each other instead of just getting rid of them altogether. Not to mention the hilarious list of substances that they would never do that for, you know. Oh, yeah, perfectly legal Xanax with a script. Yeah. Or other such things. I'm I'm not suggesting that someone with Xanax would abuse their children, but yeah, alcohol. People Mm -hmm. are known to get angry and nuts on alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. I just hate the the lumping in of other shit. Like, child abuse is child abuse. Exactly. Substance abuse is something else. Yep. They don't, they're not like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, mutually like, exclusive. Either. Exactly, but you can it, have one or the other, or both, or neither. It it also reminds me of like DUI and in workplace drug testing. It's like, hey, just because someone uses weed doesn't mean that they're gonna fuck up their job or whatever. Especially if they're they only use it at home. Yeah, because people have drinks on the weekend and don't fuck up their job or have accidents at work. Some people have no drinks for their whole life and still fuck up their job, too. Yes, that's true. And some people probably have no drinks or hits of weed and still beat their children to death. Yeah. But you gotta, it's like, we gotta stop making this extracurricular bullshit. Mm-hmm. Just based on the actions themselves, you know? 
Yeah, exactly. Are you good at your job or are you bad at your job? Did you wreck the car or did you not wreck the car? Like, I don't know. Well, I know someone who's good at their job, and that's the Minnesota legislature because, gosh darn it, they got that legalization bill through, and now it's on the governor's desk. And I know he's going to sign it because he said he's going to sign it. He just hasn't signed it yet because he wants to have a big hullabaloo about it, you know? Some uh, probably Memorial Day weekend shindig. You know, big, look at me signing it. All the media. Have a big celebration all together. Exactly. And now Minnesota has had medical since 2014. But when August 1st rolls around, adults 21 and older can buy and possess up to two ounces in public. And they can grow up to eight plants at home. And at home, you can have two pounds on you. No sweat. Two pounds, mm. no problems. You can also gift up to two ounces in Minnesota after uh, August 1st. So that's cool, too. Some places have weird gifting laws. You can't give away weed. I see they waited, like, way after my birthday intentionally, didn't they? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's okay. I'll go to Minnesota for Christmas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Minnesota will be there, and we'll get there. <laughs> I'll just go to every shop and be like, oh, you can only give me two ounces, okay? I'm <laughs> yeah. not doing anything weird. No. You can only give me up to two ounces. <laughs> hey, my birthday comes after August, so. Oh, I see. It's my birthday, birthday. Coming in for my two ounces. You're a social equity applicant, huh? <laughs> for being short. Hey, yes. <laughs> uh, I am a legal midget in Massachusetts. I think like five foot and under that makes you a legal midget. Or I'm sorry, a legal little person. Five foot? <laughs> yeah, it's higher than an actual midget. <laughs> it just means that when you get your license in Massachusetts, you're supposed to drive around with a donut under your ass all the time. <laughs> and not the kind you can eat and enjoy. The big fucking balloon thing. <laughs> like you got hernias or something. Hemorrhoids, that's the one. Yeah, which I didn't do, but whatever. Fuck them. I'm not a midget. They're in Missouri. fucking full of shit. They are. See? It's more regulation and bullshit laws yeah. and stuff. Here's the number. If you're under that, you're a midget. Okay, then why is my head and arms in proportion to my the rest of my body? <laughs> I, I'm I, not. I don't know how it works. I, <laughs> I'm just all averages. I'm just fun size, okay? All my, all my stats are right on the average, dude. Yeah, well, must yeah. be fucking nice. <laughs> Back to Minnesota. Medical businesses can start getting a combo license in March of 2025. Mm. So they're going to have to wait a while. And uh, recreational licenses are set to start out um, or being handed out or applications being taken in like a year to a year and a half. So I thought that was interesting. The medical businesses don't just get ushered in. They're actually allowing other people and businesses to get their licenses and enter the market before giving the medical dispensaries full reach of mm. non-medical patients. And of course they, they do have social equity. So social equity applicants get to go first. They decided on a 10% sales tax on top of the 6.875% state sales tax. Oof. So big oofs, 16%. Oof. That's big time, man. I mean, fucking, Throw it into the harbor. Throw it into the lake, the Great Lakes. <laughs> That's like edging on 
credit card APR. Yeah. <laughs> percentage, dude. That's a fucking rape. This is the legal market, my man. Yeah. Yeah. Pay your taxes, slave. Cha-ching-a-ling-a-ling. Um, there's going to be automatic expungement of misdemeanors, which starts in August. But as we have seen across all the states, this isn't automatic. This is a person sitting behind a computer using legacy software and stuff, <laughs> trying to find everyone and get them out of the system. Without coding, for some reason, you know? It seems like they're all operating on spreadsheets. And then pulling uh, papers out of boxes in a storage closet somewhere. It's irresponsible at this point, man. It is. Uh, You can only smoke at home in Minnesota. And there's a stipulation in here which I don't like. It says, not where the vapor would be inhaled by a non-patient miner, or where the smoke would be inhaled by a miner. So what does this mean for parents? Keep it away from your S9. Uh, you can smoke at home, but not near your S9 or kids. <laughs> You're going to have to create your own bowl in the house. Uh, <laughs> you know? Hermetically sealed. Yeah. Have a, a weed smoking room. Three padlocks. With locks that the children can't enter. Um, now, it does say in here that a person must not be denied custody of a minor child or visitation rights or parenting time with a minor child based solely on the person's status as a patient enrolled in the registry program. So if you're a medical patient, you're covered, uh, but nothing to cover folks that parents that just like to smoke weed every once in a while Mm -hmm. without a card. Um, They did write in there though, that uh, you can be a medical patient or a recreational user and own a firearm. That's written in. And that is very smart. Yeah. I love seeing that. It's an important thing to cover for sure. Yeah. So even though the bill's not signed yet, we know the governor will sign it. And the Office of Cannabis Management website already launched. Wow. It was like, yeah, the news broke that the bill made it to his desk. And then that site just went up. Mm. So they were ready to rock on it, huh? They're rocking and rolling, ready to go. Well, good for you guys up there. Yeah. We're happy for you. Yeah. Especially since they already uh, legalized THC of all sorts and all edibles. <laughs> based. That was crazy. And then all the... Minnesota is based only when it comes to weed, but man, they really nail it there. Yeah, the lawmakers were like, we didn't know, we didn't know, we didn't know what we were signing, we didn't know it was all THC, like even the Delta 9, oh my goodness. Yeah, first time we've ever signed a bill, we didn't know what was yeah. in it. They were stoned and they missed it, I guess. I guess so. Or they were just really cool with it, but can't admit it. Yeah, they were like, well, what? Yeah. I thought signing yes meant we didn't want it. <laughs> Like, yes to not have it. That's what I thought the vote was for, man. My bad. My bad. Oh, well. Yeah, I guess I'll just go buy a Chibachu. You'll vote me in next round anyway, you fucks. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Also in Minnesota, the governor signed the big old omnibus bill, and it included a section that legalized possession of drug paraphernalia, including small amounts of drug residue, uh, syringe services, and drug testing Hmm. so you don't have to worry about getting caught with those fentanyl test strips it's all good in minnesota it's all good (laughs) and they might even create a little dmv where you can walk in with your drugs and have the state test them for you god i can't wait oh that is just yeah that's that's the dream isn't it not wait to safely bring my drugs to the government it's the nightmare 
That's a nightmare. Just to, to let me. him have a sample to analyze. No. Oh God, yeah, that sounds like a fucking great idea. And then imagine being doing any drug in a DMV or any sort of sterile environment. Like that's just that's not for me. Yeah. I'm like, let me go in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be with the trees, man. Yeah. <laughs> Do you mind if I take all of my clothes off for the next four hours? It's just I'm just gonna sit here, but. <laughs> Yeah, that's how I like to do it. It's comfortable. Get out. <laughs> yeah, stop asking me questions, damn it. Uh, it's weird, man. It's a Let weird concept. Think. It is, yeah. It really is. But it makes sense because then they can, you know, recruit people. <laughs> recruit and bust. Seems a, a little honeypotish. Oh, definitely. Just a little bit, though. Yeah. Is it a scam or is it a wonderful idea? Like if you take a pink number off of the <laughs> ticket roll <laughs> and they call your number. Okay, you can now. Put your drugs up on the counter. Yeah, you can now drop your shit. <laughs> Would you like the nurse to inject that for you? Oh my God. Yeah. Anyways. Kinda. In Montana, lawmakers are asking for reconsideration of a legal opinion that came out on Potentially overriding that revenue bill veto that went down. You remember this from last bowl? Mm -hmm. um, the governor <laughs> vetoed this bill, which would have allowed the marijuana revenue to go to these um, conservation programs and such. And he did it around 2 p.m. And then the Senate adjourned at 3.19 p.m., but he, the governor didn't send out his veto letter, so they didn't know about the veto. And in Montana, there's two ways to override a veto. You can get two-thirds of the members of each house to approve after receipt of the veto message that same day, or have the Secretary of State poll everyone and get two-thirds agreement on the override uh, if the bill has become law. So since the veto message came out, you know, before they adjourned, but without them getting receipt of that, they're just saying, oh, no, you can't, you know, override the veto. <laughs> they're in a stalemate here. Mm. And it's just, you know, like the law firm behind this Wild Montana, uh, which had a heavy hand in crafting the bill, of course, um, said that, well, they just found like a constitutional gray area and the executive branch is taking advantage of it with the timing of the veto and not sending out the letter and or like making sure that the Senate got notice of it and then saying, oh, no, and you can't do the poll to override because it was a popular bill and they have the votes to override that veto. So uh, that law firm thinks that the legislature should be entitled to the poll from the secretary of state. And I tend to agree because, OK, they missed it the day of. So you give them the second option, the poll. Mm -hmm. Cripes. Isn't that frustrating? A bit. Uh, just shenanigans. These shenanigans that we see. Speaking of shenanigans, in Nebraska, uh, medical activists have once again submitted their complimentary pair of medical bills, hoping to get them on the November 2024 ballot. They have to get 87,000 signatures by the 5th of July. 2024 so they got time they got time um however the shenanigans i referred to was of course this single subject ruling that came out from the supreme court in nebraska back in 2020 when medical should have made the ballot hmm. now here we are 
and they're they've learned and they're working around it. Um, they lost major funders this last go around, uh, but they are trying. They're trying uh, without the funding. We'll see how it goes. Pot's a popular topic, but we've have yet to see an initiative reach the ballot without paying for signature gathering. Yep. So if they do it, that would be awesome. There's always been this uh, sunshiny optimist in me that thought like it could be done under the proper circumstances, but yeah, but the odds are way stacked against you for sure. Yeah. Yep. Here's a horrible story out of New York City. Um, this woman had her third baby in August of 2021. And pot had been legal for a couple of months in New York. But when she was in the delivery room at the hospital, she was asked if she had used drugs or alcohol that day. And she admitted to smoking a little weed at a family barbecue earlier in the day. And so then she got drug tested, the baby got drug tested, and they both came back positive for THC. So the Administration for Children's Services ordered the hospital not to release the newborn to its mother. And two days later, they moved to open a neglect case. Oh, my God. And put the baby in foster care. So New York's legalization, by the way, has a stipulation in there that uh, you can't remove children from their parents over pot use alone. Which seems to be exactly what they did. Yeah. Um, So the mother is fighting back with a lawsuit, but she's charging them with racial discrimination because she's black. And, I mean, I think maybe that's more powerful because they're all saying, oh, you know, the baby has THC in the system. Another part that seems to be written in, though, is just because a baby or child tests positive for THC, if they don't have signs of neglect... If there's nothing wrong with them, right. then there's still no grounds for it. And this is a healthy baby boy. So it's pretty fucked up. And also, I just want to say that the damage of taking a newborn baby away from its mother is way worse than THC could ever be. Yeah, easily. Yeah. And, you know, there not, might not be huge studies on... um Pregnancy and use of weed and all that stuff. But there have been small ones, and they have all shown that there's really no difference between babies whose moms used weed and babies whose moms didn't. Mm -hmm. So um, she did get the baby back after 107 days. Oh, that's too long. And the Administration for Children's Services has built this case against her where they said, well, she had a prior child welfare case and lost custody of her two older kids in 2016 for drug and alcohol use. And they don't elaborate on it. All I can think is like, well. The same type of shit. It could be the same thing. It could just be about weed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They said that she failed to obtain medical care for her older son. And her lawyer claims that's totally irrelevant. And I also wonder, like, going back to that, the guy's being charged for not vaccinating his dogs. Like, what? His medical care here. You know, like, did the kid uh, break his toe or something? And mm-hmm. she thought, well, you know, they can't do anything for it, so we're not going to take you in or what? It's kind of creepy when this nanny uh, state comes in over everything, all aspects of your life. Yeah. You know, oh, you didn't do this, so that's bad, and we have to charge you for it. Yeah. Um. So... And her older kids are back in her custody now, but 
it wasn't until a long time after the baby was born. Um, the Administration for Children's Services also claimed that she smoked weed in the hospital room, which she denies. And either way, I feel like it shouldn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's pretty ballsy if you were to smoke weed in the hospital room while in labor. Prep and smoke weed in labor. But, um, yeah, I don't know. So her lawsuit is saying that uh, they went after her not to protect the baby, but because of the color of her skin. Mm. And after they took her baby away, they required her to attend parenting classes, anger management classes. She had to take and submit drug tests for three months. And they also had unannounced random visits from caseworkers when she had the baby back, sometimes in the middle of the night. God, that's bullshit, man. It's total bullshit. That's the kind of stuff that I think in Minecraft citizens should take up arms for. Because how fucking scary is that? A bang and a knock at your door in the middle of the night when you have a newborn child or it's a young child of any much, sort. too much, man. It's too far. Exactly. So they're also charging uh, the ACS with violating the mother's constitutional right to due process and illegally withholding documents connected to the racial equity audit, mm. which they didn't give more details on that. I don't even know what that really means. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. In Helena, Ohio, uh, they have just approved decriminalization for the ballot. So it could be on there along with uh, maybe the Control Marijuana-Like Alcohols Initiative because they're gathering signatures right now. Helena, of course, uh, has a population of just over 200 people. Damn. So. um, Oh, I've got a clip. I have to ready it. I have a new way that I'm... Making the clips happen, though. I love this and way, this it, new thing. It seems like a good workaround because it's been working so far. Let's see if it continues. May 4th on Main Street in Holdenville, officers pulling over a white truck for driving 44 miles per hour in a 25 zone. Jia Jun Yi sitting in the driver's seat. Is there marijuana in the vehicle? I can smell it. Okay, why would I smell marijuana then? Do you work at a grow facility? Are you sure? I'm going to search either way. I'm going to find it if there is. This is your chance to be straight with me. I don't have any. But when officers went to the tailgate, they found 163.9 pounds of vacuum-sealed weed. Officers Whoa. say they also found more than $1,300 to help Yi on his travels. These court documents give us a glimpse into his small alleged part in the black market operation. Twice a month, over the past few months, Yi said he would get a call with GPS coordinates. He told officers when he'd arrive, his car would be, quote, taken by them, loaded up with marijuana, and then Yi was given GPS coordinates for where to drive the marijuana to. The court records show when asked why he got into the black market trade, Yi told them he used to be a licensed marijuana transporter, but, quote, business went bad and that transporting marijuana legally pays better, telling officers these jobs land him, quote, several hundred dollars, but not over a thousand dollars. Not worth it when you land in jail, though. No. It's all getting so, get wiped out now. More, his mistake was uh, speaking English. <laughs> Talking at all. Talking at all, yeah. It's shut the fuck up every day. <laughs> but, yeah, talking at all is always a mistake. And, uh, yeah, you know, this is out of Oklahoma where they're seeing a lot of this, the Chinese nationals uh, growing for the traditional market and not the licensed market. So, but I didn't like that part where he talked about just getting GPS coordinates and 
dropping stuff off. I mean, it could be like the transportation that we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. like a little, you know, weed delivery service. But what if also he's being put up to it in some sort of uh, like a slavery kind of thing? You know what I mean? Yeah. It it just, I don't know, the way, and of course English ain't his sec- first language probably, but it just it felt really sketchy. And I'm sure there's more going on here that we have no idea about. Yeah. Curaleaf has agreed to pay $100,000 in a class action payout over that THC labeling mix-up. Remember way back when, when they labeled CBD drops uh, THC? And THC drops CBD. Yeah. So the 500 people who bought them and filed their claims will receive between 150 to 200 bucks each. So you can still, if you were one of those consumers, pursue an individual personal injury claim. And uh, this past week, they did settle on confidential terms the wrongful death case related to this labeling incident. So, yeah, that was a... Bad news for them, man. Massachusetts-based Curaleaf out in Oregon, though. <laughs> so they were fined $130,000 when it all happened and had their license suspended for 23 days. <laughs> oh, what a killer. I know, what a killer. But you also think about the hundreds of thousands of dollars not rolling in during those days. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Every day's a big ding. Yep. Oregon lawmakers sent Governor Tina Kotek a bill requiring schools to give lessons on fentanyl, fake pills, and Good Samaritan laws for middle and high schoolers. Horrible. Hmm. You know, it's like, I just think about my dare experience going through school, and all it really was was sort of a catalog of weed, or, yeah, weed especially in, in my time, but it was like, here's this drug, this is what it does, blah, blah, blah. This is what and it looks like. This is what it looks like, Yeah. yeah. And then the horror stories that go along with it, of course. Um, but every, there was a face of meth for every single drug. Uh-huh. Like even weed. They're like, you smoke weed, your teeth will fall out. <laughs> this guy's smiling. <laughs> yeah. So now they're going to teach kids about fentanyl and fake pills. And also how to reverse overdoses, of course. Because you got to buy that big pharma product. Yeah, get your Narcan today. Over the counter. Yep. Ding, ding. Um, this was a weird case. Woman gets pulled over in Tennessee, admits that she has a roach in her cigarette case. Oops. And the deputy is like, well, I will issue a citation in lieu of jail time for possession of an illegal substance if you agree to let me baptize you. (laughs) And then he calls on the deputy that's with him to serve as a witness. So dude records the whole thing on his cell phone. Um... The woman decided to sue and say that uh, she felt she had been seized, but they have effectively dismissed all federal charges against this deputy that filmed the interaction. Um, And it's so weird because the woman died. Hmm. So it's just the attorney going on without her, you know, on behalf of her estate, I suppose. So they were, uh, I guess the question was, if an, a reasonable officer in his shoes should have known that a person in her position would have felt that she had been seized. And uh, the answer, I guess, was a resounding no. No, I mean, because it's kind of like a consensual thing, you know? It's like, oh, if I don't want to go to jail, I have to get baptized here. It's so weird. 
But yeah, that'd take a baptism and citation any old day. Definitely beats jail, but it's really weird flex. Yeah. And uh, yeah, sadly, this woman uh, passed away from an overdose in April of 2022. Uh. So, yep, she had uh, bigger problems than the roach. In Rhode Island, the governor finally nominated folks to be members of the Cannabis Control Commission. He was supposed to do it 40 days after uh, legalization, well, the bill was signed. And uh, that was in May of 2022, May 25th to be exact. <laughs> so he should have had the picks of by July of that year. And uh, then he said he would have them by December of 2022. And he said it again in January of this year. Uh, and eventually stopped suggesting that he would ever do it. And the office just started saying, well, we're still conducting background checks. His picks include a current Steve, uh, chief of staff, who also served for the previous governor, a former police sergeant from Cranston, and a former state representative who was also a lobbyist for a dispensary, or as they call him in Rhode Island, Compassion Center. <laughs> okay. So, uh, you know, that seems very uh, unbiased yeah. and uh, an objective little board right there. Yeah. Not a revolving door of any kind or anything. Yeah, this commission will be taking over the duties that the, the Department of Business Regulation has been handling through medical and recreational since it's been in effect. And so they're going to run it all. Um, and they actually have 33 potential business licenses to hand out. Fun fact. Because there's currently seven licensed retailers in Rhode Island. Mm. And they have no rules set up around advertising. So it's been prohibited. Which leads to my next story. Uh-oh. And I have a clip. For three days, three billboards on I-95 advertised what exit to take to get to Mother Earth Wellness, a Pawtucket marijuana dispensary. Then on Sunday, the dispensary's owner, Joe Picuris, paid a company $5,000 to take them down. He didn't have much of a choice. So that means if I would have kept those billboards up, they could have suspended my license and I would have had to lay off my entire staff and could have potentially put us out of business. It makes, it's, it's just bad business. Rhode Island marijuana businesses are barred from advertising under a regulation connected to their license. In comparison, Massachusetts businesses are free to advertise in Rhode Island. Billboards from Massachusetts dispensaries are located across the highway from where Procurus put up his. So There's too much restriction and too much restriction that doesn't make sense on our industry at this point. When Rhode Island legalized marijuana last year, it gave power to write new regulations to a future panel called the Cannabis Control Commission. Governor Dan McKee took one year to make his picks for the commission, which are awaiting Senate confirmation, delaying the process that's frustrating Picurus and other dispensaries. I feel like this is now being directed at us to try to keep us at bay and not move forward. I think his feelings are right. Well, how f how fucking retarded is it, kid, that you could be a Massachusetts dispensary and get a billboard in Rhode Island, but you can't be a Rhode Island one? Oh. That's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. Same. <clears throat> because imagine that. It's like you're driving through 
little roadie mm-hmm. and you see a billboard. It's like, get your weed here in Massachusetts. And you're like, all right, I'll drive through Rhode Island and get my weed in Massachusetts. You know, yeah. it's just like, okay, take, take all the business 40, away. 40 minutes, you know, like <laughs> fucking Rhode Island. You know? Yeah, exactly. That's sick. That's but so stupid. This man is a hero for just putting up the billboard anyway. And you know what? It's better than a billboard advertisement. He made the national fucking news. Yeah. He got hella ads. He got his name out there. Yeah. It's awesome. It was a good move. And uh, yeah, $5,000 to take it down because the state threatened to start fining him $10,000 a day for leaving it up. Stupid ass. You can't advertise at all because we don't know what's going on because we don't have a panel of commissioners to tell us what to do. But yeah, Massachusetts comes in there and is like, all right, well, we'll advertise our weed shops. Shit, we got stuff on the border. Duh. Duh. Uh, There's another racial discrimination suit that came up. And (laughs) this one is from Tennessee where a couple got kicked out of a restaurant for smelling like weed. That's a big fear of mine. Back in the days when uh, Missouri wasn't legal. I remember we went to a fancy restaurant once and I thought... Everyone's uh they gave us this candle because we smell so badly of weed. Come to find out the candle was actually just to warm the butter that was going to come later. But right. <laughs> anyways, it wasn't the case for these guys. They were meeting up with their family at this restaurant and then the manager came over and said, "You guys smell like weed, you have to leave. We don't serve people who smell like weed." Wow, racist much? They have signs actually throughout Memphis where this happened. That will say, like, if you smell like weed, we reserve the right not to serve you. Oh, what the fuck, Memphis? Yeah, what the fuck indeed. And so initially... It's a little uptight. They didn't react because they claim that they don't smoke weed at all. So they thought the manager was talking to someone else. <laughs> like a different table. And uh, they just kept sitting there. And then the manager came back with a police officer. Oh, my God. And told them, no, you have to leave and you can come back tomorrow, but you smell like weed today, so get out of here. So, yeah... Uh, that's a nightmare. And of course the manager was white and they are black. So then here comes the racial discrimination. Bingo. Uh, the manager no longer works for this company, but hilariously, when I looked it up, I found a news story from the same month, August of 2022, where a black police officer and his principal wife were kicked out for the same reason. And huh. neither of them smoked weed either. That's a little so bit sketchy. This manager might have been a problem. Yeah. Sounds like. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the company is just like, well, that manager's not here anymore. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but mean, hey, just, they're still on the hook. Get out of here. Y'all ain't smelling right. Like, what the fuck are you doing, Memphis? Yeah. Get a grip, man. Cook better food then so that we smell the food over whatever people smell like. Jeebus. People smell like all sorts of horrible shit. Yeah. <laughs> and weed is pretty good. <laughs> it's a pretty good smell, if you ask me. I don't um, mind it. My final story from the bowl, unfortunately, comes from Singapore, where they have hanged another citizen. Good God. For trafficking weed, despite heavy calls to halt the execution because... There was DNA evidence and fingerprints tying him to a much smaller amount of weed, which he had admitted to possessing and which wouldn't have constituted death. But the court rejected those petitions. 
So this 37-year-old man was hanged after being imprisoned for uh, seven years. Good he, God. You know, uh, all over 3.3 pounds of weed. Yeah, you can't have more than 1.1 pounds of weed without facing the death penalty. Jesus. So, and the last guy that they hanged was just three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I remember. And that was kind of a, that was a more fucked up situation because he was only tied to the weed through text messages. But anyways. Singapore is crazy. Yeah, it is. I don't think I'll be doing business there. <laughs> no. No. Now I need something to pick me up. Uh, I think so. Well, you're in luck because uh, we got the metal moment from the Rev. Oh, yeah. The Rev swinging through with the metal moment. Everybody loves the metal moment, right? And everyone loves the Rev. In the bowl and in the morning. This here is Sir Reverend Cybertrucker and Kenny and Rogu with this week's Metal Moment. In keeping with May's mandatory Metallica theme, we head over to 1988's And Justice For All, Metallica's fourth studio album, and incidentally the first studio album with Jason Newstead on bass. Critically acclaimed for its complexity and artistry, it is also criticized for having an almost inaudible bass line. The third longest track on And Justice For All at 7 minutes and 44 seconds, this song is about a singer who's becoming increasingly paranoid and therefore afraid of losing his mind. From the 1988 album And Justice For All, this is Metallica, Frayed Ends of Sanity. Which the metal manipulates MK Ultra. Yeah. Gotta fight back. That's right. Beautiful. Well, thank you, Rev, for yeah. mandating Metallica in May. May there be Metallica. Uh, you can follow along with the Rev's latest shenanigans following at Rev Cyber Trucker over at NoAgendaSocial.com from any fed, uh, federated Macedon service that doesn't block in a social. Wow. <laughs> Get yourself a spook.social. Yeah, do it. 
We ain't running out of room or server space over there, baby. Spook it up. Big fucking party. All the time. And you're invited. Uh, What else? What else? What else? We usually do things. Like, take listener voicemails. We have a fancy little game uh, that we play each week. We call it... First time I ever. And you talk about the first time you ever did a thing. This week's thing is going to a bonfire, which we happen to do over the weekend. Topical. So we were uh, ready, ready for it. Uh, so yeah, there's some bowlers chiming in on this. Let's hear what they have to say. What do you say? Let's hear it. Hey, yeah, buddy. Oh, oh. It's it. Yeah. It's a two. A two? My watch says two. T-U. Yeah. Uh, first bonfire. I'm trying to think. I mean, obviously, I have fire pits and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. To, I, I guess I've actually been to like a bonfire where it's like a legit bonfire, not like not like that one that uh, posted on NAS. Like that, that was legit. <laughs> um, Super bon bon. I remember a decent sized fire pit one time. I think it was like a junior high, like junior high or elementary or elementary school or something like camping trip thing with church and uh, a decent sized fire pit and then I remember like thinking back of like how stupid I was because I remember like having a thing of lighter fluid and like squirting it onto the the fire to make it bigger you know that's that's real smart you know it's kind of like peeing onto yeah. an electric fence generally um, it's pretty safe but yeah luckily no damage was occurred yeah but uh yeah so that does Decent sized fire, but I don't really remember like size wise what it was. I just remember it was you know bigger than just like a small little, small little ring of fire kind of deal. Not the Johnny Cash ring of fire, but you know, or the Sats so, one. Yeah, that's that's what I remember. But uh, yeah, it'd be fun to have a like a legit, not just like burning pit kind of thing, but like a big old bonfire like you guys have. Looks fun. But obviously, you know, got to make sure everything's clear around there and whatnot, and no trees around, and and uh, obviously plenty of dry grass, so that way, you know, it can spread to the neighbors, but, you know. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. All right, well, I'm going to go inside now, so love you guys. Stay dangerous, and uh, yeah, you know what to do, whether it's uh, windy or it's stagnant. Give a little cacao. 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 Yeah, he was right out of there. Yeah, cacao on out. Yeah. Not the Johnny Cash Ring of Fire. Nope. But, uh, yeah. You get a big fire going. By the way, uh, spraying lighter fluid on a fire and making it get bigger is it's required part of being a man. You gotta do that at some point. <laughs> I think it should just be a required part of being a human. <laughs> a human. A human. Well. Because it's fun. Boys love to play with fire as they grow up. It's just one of the things we like. Oh, fire's fucking cool. Many girls like to play with fire as well, but like... It's just built into the male DNA. I think so. It's a part of your Ooh, DNA. Oh, fire. Oh, 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 fire, 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 fire. Yeah. You gotta play with fire, man. Playing with fire teaches you the ways of life. Uh, you remember your first bonfire? I do. I, sadly, was in high school. It took me that long to get to a bonfire. Which makes me feel lame. But yeah, it was uh, after I had my car, too. So I'm going to guess like junior or senior year. And I was invited out by a boyfriend at the time. And then I got to meet all his friends and have a good old time. 
And um, uh, you know what? That was a fir- that night was a night of firsts for a lot of things, but probably not the thing you're thinking of. Bonfire. Well, it definitely was the bonfire. <laughs> yeah, that's all I'm thinking of is the fire. You got me on the fire. Yeah, it was a good one. It was a good one. I threw some sticks in there. I had no idea about how to build a fire, um, but uh, my boyfriend at the time, I had been a Boy Scout but wasn't an Eagle Scout because I have a thing for Boy Scout boys. Mm-hmm. But more of a thing for Eagle Scouts. All grown up. It helps. And yeah, it was a good time. It was a fall in Massachusetts, which is a beautiful place and a beautiful season to be in that place. And yeah, yep, yep. That's all I really remember. I remember thinking how cool it was that like it was cold outside, but if you stand by the fire, you're nice and warm, so you can take your coat off and have a good time. Yeah, definitely. That's a great thing about the bonfire. They make a whole. A well-done bonfire makes an entire radius of area that is totally fine to stand in. Yeah. No matter how cold it is out. It also was one of those situations where I was definitely the youngest person there by many years, but no one knew. Because <laughs> I was just slipped in as like, everyone thought I was an adult. Yeah. I was 16 or 17. <laughs> Fun times. Great times. Feeling free. Yeah. With a bonfire that I wasn't supposed to be at. Sounds about right. Yeah. Well, this next caller is exactly where they're supposed to be. Well, the first bonfire I went to was really boring. It was a Girl Scout bonfire sometime around 1977, 1978. A whole lot has happened since then. I've smoked plenty of weed since then. I don't remember much about it. So <laughs> we're not going to talk about that one too much. But I will tell you about the first best bonfire I ever went to. And that was only about, I don't know, four or five years ago. Nice. My husband and I went over to visit my kids at their dad's house. And, you know, I mean, he's my ex and stuff, but we're making nice and everything. We had kids together. So uh, we'd gone over there and built a big old bonfire, and my ex got tequila drunk, <laughs> and he fell in it. Oh. <laughs> he did the windmill arms and everything, and just ass-planted the bonfire. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he, he's a pretty tough guy, so he didn't uh, sustain any any permanent injuries or anything like that, but he did look like a complete doofus, and, you know, <laughs> I loved it. So that's the best, first best bonfire. I can uh, say this, I swear. Nice. The first best bonfire I ever attended. In the bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl, Vox. I love that. That sounds fun. Yeah. Something about just getting near to fire, the fire with a bunch of tequila in you. It's a little slickery. It is. Do you remember the first time you ever went to a bonfire? You know, I can't really pick a specific first because there's been a few early on. Um, churches used to do some out at one farm. It'd be like a kind of a cookout slash bonfire. And it was always the fall because they do a hayride too. And we'd play capture the flag. I fucking love capture the flag. And then, of course, uh, scouts from early on does all kinds of campfires, but some of them get pretty ridiculously big. So I can't really specifically remember one mm. in particular. Because I just like, they've been to so many. It's just a pretty normal annual happening in this part of the world. Yeah. At least once a year, like somebody has a big pile of shit to burn. So everybody goes out there, you know. Yep. To watch it. Yep. Like if you got property, then you got a bunch of downed trees every single year. And so you just stack them in one spot and then uh, plant a bonfire eventually. Yeah. kind of the way it goes. Add the petroleum-based chairs and woo boy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now you're getting it. 
uh, this next caller definitely got it. <laughs> okay. First time I ever went to a bonfire. I was, I was tiny. But, see, I grew up out in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of nowhere, southeast, southwest of you guys, a little ways. And, okay. we, you know, we had a family farm. We just always, all, you know, we get ice storms and storms and tornadoes and all that. So you got broken limbs all over the place all yep. the time. You got to clean up the fence and, you know, do all that stuff you got to do every day. And you pile it all up. And then whenever it's nice and wet outside, but, you know, there's it's hot. So, you know, the sun and the wind dry out the we even started, but you know it's wet enough to where you ain't gonna catch everybody's stuff on fire. Right. And we you know, go out there, and Uncle, you know, throw a little diesel on it, and light it up. And, you know, put your hot dogs on the pitchfork, and just kind of have fun. Hell yeah! I mean, the whole family kind of got together, you know, just in case you start a fire. Somebody got to get on a tractor and start disking and, you know, make sure it don't spread. And, you know, watch it till it goes off. You can't leave it. You got to stay there all night. You can't leave it. So, you you know, watch and you just up all night. That's that's where the bonfire party really started. You got to stay up. You can't go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you party all night long. And then in the morning, you kind of move around. Uncle always be saying a different one, you know. We start moving stuff around. Pick up that shovel, move your ass over there, <laughs> you know that kind of thing. But you know, the first time I ever, for you know, one, I haven't been to one in a long time. We need to do it. I missed it, but everyone lives in town now. All right. Well, that's the first time I ever went to a bonfire. Well, hell yeah! Epic. Hell yeah, caller. Fantastic. Grew up with the bonfires. Privileged, yep. like our kids. Yeah, this area, man, I'm just saying, it's kind of like a part of the routine, you know? It's hard to remember the first one, because it's just like, what you do. It's just what you do. And uh, this bonfire in particular, that we did this weekend, first of all, way far away from any buildings. Yep. And uh, we had like a good three or four days of rain. In the week leading up to it, too. So everything was just perfect conditions for a little contained blaze. Yeah, it was, uh, it rained the day before, in fact. Hella rain. Yeah. My dad still got to, uh, manage to mow. Yes, he did. Uh, the next morning. Uh, this next caller actually had a follow up. Ooh, a little follow up. I forgot to say something. Oh. All right. I listen to you guys on my phone. Because, you know, that's about, you know, the only extent of the robotic internet that I want to go. But nice. I don't, you know, I want to give back. So my input, I know that sounds facetious to say my input is my give back, but I hope you get some value out of it because I get a lot of value out of you guys. I just oh. don't have a lot of ways to shoot back at you what I want, but keep on doing what you do. Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And the voicemails are incredibly valuable. Definitely. Appreciate it. And this is another thing about value for value, man. Like, one day something might work out and make sense, you know, on both sides of the value situation. 
it's one of those things where it's like a long-term situation, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. It's a beautiful thing. And we appreciate you. My only complaint about the bonfire this weekend is that, well, our friends were there, and their kid is friends with our kids. And their kid wanted to go watch TV instead of hanging out at the bonfire. And it was a real fight. And that bummed me out. Because my kids were kind of, they're younger than her. So they just wanted to do what she wanted to do, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I had to go in there and be like, no. <laughs> I had to take the remote and just put it away in a spot where they'd never find it and say, like, no. The bonfire, first of all, everyone who loves you was out there. Mm-hmm. And you, when there's an event, you hang out with the people who love you. Because you don't get to see them all the time. Right. We're all gathered in one sp- in one place, and that's really special, and you're fortunate to have this. And second of all, the fire is the most entertaining thing you'll ever watch. I know. Who wants to go put on some dumbass bullshit when there's a fire on? Yeah, exactly. And then they were saying, oh, it's cold. I said, well, you're just not sitting close enough to the fire. Mm-hmm. But they finally had fun with it at long last. No doubt. Well, that's all of our bowlers. Appreciate you calling in. Yeah, now we got to get a first time ever for next week. Oh, yeah. Earlier in the show, I had suggested a first time, or you suggested a first time ever, a little road flare. Uh, but C-Dubs came in with, first time I ever was the oldest person in the room, which first is interesting. First time I ever was the oldest person in the room. Damn. You want to go with that? That'd be hard to come up with. <laughs> I was trying to remember some of the other first times that we've... Uh, written down on a certain list. A certain list that's somewhere around that's here. hidden deep in, within the bowl. <laughs> Not that one. Yeah, it's around here. I just didn't fucking look for it before the show. I forgot. It's teaching class. Yeah, it's all right. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Come up with something on the spot. No, I like the one. Of the two uh, I suggested. Yeah, we can go with that. Which one? Second one. Yeah. First time I ever... Was the oldest in the room. I'll have to, like, really think about that. Yeah, me too. Because I was uh, the youngest in my grade, you know? Mm-hmm. I was in the same boat. I skipped a grade. Technically. Yeah. All right. That'll be a, that'll be a brain racker. First time you ever were the oldest person in the room. And uh, you can call in now if you want, 8166... Zero seven three six six three. Fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. I got a story out of Germany again this week. Germany's on a roll. Yeah. That's three bowls in a row. So <laughs> there's a surgeon who had to do some an amputation. But it's pretty routine. It was a routine procedure. Uh, but he didn't have any qualified assistance around that he could find. However, he had already given a local anesthetic to the patient, and the patient was becoming restless. So, you know, sometimes you just got to improvise. And the surgeon looked around and saw a guy standing there who happened to be the janitor. And he said, hey, uh, do you mind hopping in to help here? You know, got him masked up, gloved up, whatever. Had the guy just hold the dude's leg and pass the surgeon surgical instruments to perform the amputation. Well, the patients had no complications, the only complication was that a hospital manager witnessed the whole thing and uh, decided to complain about it, and the surgeon was fired. Oh, come on. Isn't that bullshit? Yeah, hold a leg and hand you tools, like. 
I mean, back in the day, if you need an amputation, you'd probably be up on the bar throwing some whiskey on it back in the good old days. Yeah. <laughs> but here Nam- they were. Namby pambies. <laughs> yeah. Absolute Nancy pansies. And there's a couple of them in Maryland, too. 88 koi fish have been stolen out of one community. Oh, my over gosh. In Maryland. Yeah, just out of people's private garden ponds. And the thefts have occurred over a period of uh, three months. Big numbers, too. Like, I think the first one, they got 20 koi fish out of a pond. So they're hitting some fancy residences. Uh, One of the residents claimed to have lost 50 of them. So already we're up to 70 koi fish missing. And then 18 out of the last one. Damn. So, you know, koi fish, they're expensive. No doubt. Uh, Prized ornamental fish. And uh, very special, very spiritual fish. I don't know. They seem wise. They live a long time. They get really big if they have the room to grow. Yeah, like the windfish. Like the windfish, exactly. I know there was a grand champion koi fish in Japan that sold for like $1.8 million. So no joke, those koi. No. Mm, maybe a maybe a good get for these thieves till they get caught. Yeah. And that's going to suck. And if you have a koi fish that you keep, you might not want to rent at a certain Midtown studio in Kansas City because their website says that they charge a $200 pet deposit with a $15 monthly charge after that for all pets, including fish. Including fish. Then they realized that they had made an error on on that, Uh, but not before it came to national attention. Oops. Yeah, big oopsie. $200 for a fish and 15 a month? Nope, that's just for birds, cats, and dogs. Uh. Um, uh, now, they, of course, had to come out with a giant press release since the national media picked up on their oopsie poopsie. Yeah. And they previously had a restriction on aggressive breeds, but then they... Uh, tried to like chaff it off and say, well, we don't, we don't even know what aggressive breeds means. That yeah. was also an error. And like, you know, if they come out with a personality test for birds and fish, we'll be sure to let you know when we've implemented it. Ha 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 ha. Oh God. Yeah. Really bad. But you know, luckily for everyone that's uh, apartment searching, you can just fuck off. Cause we're full. There you go. So the price is, uh, if they seem low to you, it doesn't even matter. We're full. No vacancy in Kansas City. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and man, a British couple had a run-in with some really big fish when they were taking sailing lessons off the Moroccan coast this past week because uh, they spotted six orcas, you know, killer whales, man. Yeah. And the whales were chasing some debris, which turned out to be the rudder of a sailing yacht. And then they saw the boat that the couple was on taking these lessons with their instructors and decided to start ramming it just for fun, I guess. As if that wasn't stressful enough, there were also high winds and big swells that they were facing. So uh, the crew luckily was able to navigate to calmer waters and everyone was able to avoid freaking out 
which definitely helped, although there may have been some internal screaming. But uh, the couple has been promised to get the lesson again for free, since they were interrupted by killer whales. <laughs> killer interruption. Yeah, they got it on video, though. It's pretty cool. That seems rare. Especially the whole making it out alive part. The ram in the boat. I have him on video. Yeah. Uh, there was a glitch that happened this week. I love glitches. Kind of like that uh, Pat Fee glitch or error, I guess. Well, this is a real glitch. Like with code, I guess. Okay. Just a magic glitch. Glitchy. Yeah. Sure. You know, required some techno wizardry to fix, I mm -hmm. suppose. And this one is on the feed bag. <laughs> where friend requests were being sent to any profile that a user visited at okay. all. Damn. So, uh, you know, I think that a lot of people who live on the feedback or use it, I mean, live in the past and have some issues and sure. probably snoop around. Yeah. Because I always, anyone I know who's on the feedback always has some snooping stories to share with me. Mm hmm. And so, uh, it's safe to snoop again because the glitch has been fixed. The glitch. But for a while there, if you looked up anyone's profile for, you know, and you might be vetting them for like a job applicant. Right. Or it might be like an ex. Yeah. Or it might be someone you hate and then you like love to hate stalking them or whatever. Then you would send them a friend request. That is embarrassing. So well, people. What they do, like write a fucking use effect in the profile that. I <laughs> just requested a friend request. Yeah, someone just decided it could be funny. Whoops. I think. Glitch. And, and be like, oh, wow, it worked. You know? I think that's pretty impressive. Just auto send a friend request yeah. if you look it up. And then that's easy to reverse. So you just, oh, I'll pull it out. Mm-hmm. Well, glitch is gone. Don't know what happened there. <laughs> <laughs> but Jeebus, across that company's apps, there are three billion users. It's seems like too many. To yeah, it's got to be a lot of pet accounts, right? Like I don't people know. People making them for their dogs. And I stuff. have no idea. <laughs> I don't either. I'm not there. I I don't have time for that. That's for sure. I don't even have time for the things that I love. Ain't nobody got time for that. Let alone fucking ugh, social media, legacy, legacy apps. Uh, speaking of legacy apps, there's legacy devices. Like things that have airdropping. And one guy in Oklahoma decided to take the airdrop method to his advantage when he was applying for an apartment. He was sitting at a computer, filling out the application, and then he noticed that people had their little airdrop on, and so he decided to send them a picture. Oh. You know, maybe they were lovely people. Sure. And, uh... For some reason, they decided to accept this picture from a stranger, and lo and behold, he had sent them a nude picture from standing in front of a mirror. And instead of accepting it and being like, wow, thanks for the nude, dude, <laughs> they decided to call the cops, <laughs> and he was arrested for airdropping nude pictures oh, to strangers. man, I didn't even know that was illegal. I just think that it should be on them. Like, who accepts things from strangers? You know? It's like, I don't have a device that does this shit. Easily offended people, I guess. But, you know, oh, hey, someone wants to send you a picture. Hmm. 
Oh, my lucky day. Oh, no, a penis. No, of course, me, I would just be like, hell yeah. <laughs> a bowler just got a strike somewhere. Uh, yeah. That's true. When nudes land in the bowl, a bowler definitely gets a strike. Yeah. That's Out there like, on the lanes. Uh, turkey material there. Yeah. Yeah, we're going for a 300 game. <laughs> but not on these lanes, because, oh boy, getting charged with airdropping news to strangers is unfortunate. <laughs> fortunate. Oh, there was a fortunate event, though, in the show me state of all places, where um, a guy tied the state record for uh, biggest long ear sunfish. Yeah, he caught one. Weighed five ounces. Man, 75 years old. Says they, he's been fishing at this lake, Frida Lake, in Crawford County for 10 years. And his day started off really slow. He was only catching a fish every 10 casts or so. And all of a sudden, this cow showed up out of nowhere and waded into the water to drink. Uh, got about belly deep. Dude thinks that, you know, the cow stirred up the bottom of the lake. And then every cast he threw out there got a bite. Mm, nice. Yeah, and he's planning to mount the sunfish. Don't get too horny now. <laughs> for his wall. Oh, for his okay. Wall, all right. Man. All right. Mount it on the wall. We'll accept that. It was a pretty fish. There's, Easy now. There's pictures. Hey, hey. <laughs> hold out now. Hold out now. Uh, this was a great headline. Officials are investigating the mysterious disappearance of a 30-ton shipment of explosive materials. Oh, shit. Yeah, 61,000 pounds of ammonium nitrate disappeared off of a train. No biggie. Yep, it was shipped by rail from Wyoming to California last month and uh, just mysteriously disappeared. And the driver found that out when they stopped in the Mojave Desert. And a little pit stop there, I guess. Huh, where did everything go? It's not on the train. Where indeed? So the company responsible filed a report with the Federal National Response Center on May 10th. And they believe that the material fell from the car on the way to that Mojave Desert stop. Maybe like within 30 miles. Because the seals were still intact. Uh, but there could be... A leak somehow through the bottom gate on the rail car that may have developed. Mm. So, man, you're leaving fertilizer all over the place on the rail tracks. That doesn't sound like very good. I guess they just like to stay dangerous out there on the rails. I guess so. But Jesus, 61,000 pounds gone. Gone. <laughs> Where did it come from? <laughs> Where did it go? <laughs> Where did it come from? Cotton Eye Joe. Where indeed? Ah, I got another story in a clip for him for you. Okay. little clip for the lanes. He got out of the car and he was shooting the ducks and everyone was clapping because he was being really nice. Captured by 12-year-old William Wimsat. There was ducks crossing. They actually came straight towards our car. Who took pictures of the man and ducks as they crossed right in front of the family car stopped at the intersection. He helped them get up on the curb because all the little baby duckies were having trouble. And then he walked <laughs> in front of our car. And in that moment, the Wimsat family thanked the man for his good deed. My mom rolled down the window and she was like, good job, good job. And I, I, I said good job to him too. Um, and then right after that, 
like this second after that. Next moment, William says a car seemed to come out of nowhere. I didn't see the car actually hit him. All I remember is the sound and then him flying across the intersection. His shoes in like one of his socks or something were like right in front of our car. William wants people to remember the kind man who saved the ducks right before he died. Holy shit. He was shit. the only person um, to get out of his car and try and help him. And he was, so he was probably the nicest person in, in the entire area. And it was just, it's, it's not fair. Hearing that from a 12-year-old kid really did it for me. Holy God, that uh, took a turn. I know. And we just had the turtle story last week where someone stopped in the middle of the highway to not hit a turtle. Yeah. And then caused a pileup. Well, this guy just pulled over to make way for ducklings. Oh, no. You know, in California. And then got hit and killed by a 17-year-old driver who stayed, like did not run away or anything, and uh, was probably equally mortified. But the worst part of the story is that this guy was a dad and his two kids were in the car when oh, he pulled over Jesus. to make way for ducklings. And... uh I don't know. You know, was it just like such a good deed that God was like, hey, come be home, my son. You know, I, like, <laughs> good job. <laughs> it's time to come home. I'm going to go with no. Or uh, should you just not stop to save the animals? Uh, it just really depends on the situation and the, you know, precautions you take. Man. <sighs> And Do you like, have a road flare going? Everyone uh, enjoying this guy, like helping the little duckies. And oh, I man. know it's, it's like some kind of a scene out of an Adam Sandler film or something. It's so sweet. <laughs> Where it's just like, and then it's horrible, horrifyingly fucked uply. Some kind of a weird dark element of humor to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and when the kid was just like, he was just the nicest guy in the area for helping these. It just broke my heart. Oh my god! Because I was like, "Yeah, fuck a duck." <laughs> you well, know, if it's like, me or a duck, and even if they're baby ducks, like uh, I'm gonna be the guy moving forward. Yeah, I very rarely stop my car. I would not lay my life down for the few ducks. This man did not think he was laying his life down, though. I'm sure that's the case, yeah. and that's what's uh, troubling. You know, it's like. You yeah. want to hear more details about the intersection in particular, or did the kid run a red light or disobey the, you know, was he going too fast? I don't know. I don't know. All I hear is that the car came out of nowhere. Well, cars don't come out of nowhere. They come from somewhere, which exactly. was where they were before. Yeah. So, fuck that. And sometimes the cars disappear from where they were before, like in this next story, where... Some officers were driving down the road and they noticed that there were three stolen vehicles. No, two. They saw them. So then they uh, put their cherries and berries on and decided to pursue them. Mm -hmm. The folks driving the stolen vehicles, of course, decided to start a chase and uh, escaped from the cops, went to the mall, <laughs> stole some merchandise got back into the stolen cars, and uh, then ended up on the cops' radar again. Chase ensued, but, you know, they ended up ditching the vehicles, trying to hide, but were all apprehended, and were all juveniles. I think the oldest was 18, so... You know, they, you're out of luck. 
but everyone else in the car was a kid. And then to make matters worse, you know, they were told, hey, you can have a guardian come pick you up at the uh, cop shop. Well, the finger wag guardian showed up in a stolen vehicle also. Oh, my God. So then the cops had to chase them. (laughs) (laughs) And then what do they do? Ditch the car, start running on foot, get apprehended. (laughs) But I finger-wagged for the Guardian because it was a 19-year-old. Oh, Jesus. So, you know, it's just like they called up some friends instead of their ma. And they specifically mentioned in this press release, this went down in uh, Maryland, Charles County specifically. They mentioned that one of the juveniles in the first uh, batch of cars was reported missing months ago. So she's a runaway. Oh, man. So just uh They're all stealing each other's moves, too. Yeah, hey, they just learn from each other, you know? I guess so. That's, uh... The, I would say the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, but it didn't really seem like a parental situation there. You just press triangle to steal the car. I mean, it's pretty easy. So easy. So, as long as you're standing close enough to it. But then there's the whole, like, getting away with it part, and that's where it gets difficult. More difficult. Indeed. It does get difficult sometimes. More difficult. But, uh... It also gets easier. The more you learn, the more you do it. The more you try. Exactly. The more you know. The more you know. Well, what do you know, bowlers? It's the end of the bowl. Yet again, another one cashed. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, we may have a bowl with buds between this week and next. I'm not sure yet. Ooh. It's one of those maybe, maybe not things. But maybe. And uh, if not, we'll definitely see you next Tuesday. And every damn Tuesday night the time and uh, place. Yes. We always are. Same bowl time, same bowl channel. 9pm central. Hopefully this time, following up the uh, DHN Plug Boys, we'll be back. Uh, Until then, you can count on me being Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. And you know, I'll still be Dame DeLorean. Or will I? Until next time, bowlers. May your bowls burn ever brighter. Sir Spencer and Dame DeLorean. Bowl, 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 bowl after bowl. <laughs> What's going on? I want a non-gay explanation. Do you know how bad you sound? You'd know that if you'd ever listened to my podcast. No, 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 no. Hell no. This is bait. She is stoned.
DeLorean. BowlAfterBowl.com. 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 <laughs>